to a brand new discography from Light the Sky Podcast. And tonight we are proudly presenting on Twitch, Twitch TV slash Light the Sky. Uh, we are a show that covers, uh, we cover discographies track by track, album by album. And we've covered some of the greatest discographies that have ever gone on to lit the sky. We've covered Van Halen. We've covered Pink Floyd. We've covered Metallica, Queen, The Police. And now we're ready for our new one. In between uh, some special shows that we've had that have been a lot of fun, some open discussion, uh, we're finally ready to tackle our new one. And we are going to be heading back in time to the year 1989 to go into a full-fledged, comprehensive, track-by-track, opinionated dive into the band Nirvana. Three albums, uh, maybe 36 songs, depending on how long you want to count uh, the, um, you know, what's, what is an official and what is a non-official release. Um, but short and sweet and going to be a lot of fun because this is an era that, uh, well, we've never really done anything 90s before. We haven't done anything grunge. We did a little Metallica in the 90s, but... You know, that was uh, Metallica. So I'm going to have a lot of fun with this one. Hopefully that uh, you'll have uh, a lot of fun listening to us. Um, I'm Mark. Uh, I've got I've got Chris, the architect, Alex, contender, Kevin, the engineer, on with me, all live, all streaming on Twitch. And uh, for those of you who are listening on Spotify, other platforms, definitely check us out there because we're going to be doing live shows, taking live, live comments. So hate mail, real time. I want to hear it. It's going to be great. It's going to be a lot of fun. I think we already have a heckler on the live chat. So uh, uh, welcome. Uh, so tonight, Nirvana, Bleach, their 1989 album, uh, recorded for, I think, $600, uh, one of the uh, probably earliest albums. I guess you could probably say there were earlier albums and uh, like Mud Honey and, and you know some of the other bands that were involved in the scene. But really, I mean, the band that broke it all and the band that became the face of a generation, really wiping the map of the L.A. strip scene, um, even had, they didn't know it at the time, but it kind of became that thing in, in 1991 with their release that we'll cover next episode with uh, Nevermind. But tonight we're on this, uh, I guess, pseudo demo, whatever you want to call it. You know, it, it, it is uh, an album of original music, uh, minus one cover. So it's going to be an interesting uh, discography to cover, and it's going to be a, uh, I think it's going to be a lot that goes beyond the music. But we're a show of four opinions. Um, we are guys that didn't grow up with this. Um, I didn't grow up in the grunge era. I'm the, no, Chris, you're the oldest of the group. So, um, but still, this really isn't music that defined, uh, you know, our childhood, but it's going to, it's going to be fun to explore from that perspective in terms of how it, uh, our opinions form on this, um, because this is, uh, you know, a very cultural, uh, culturally relevant phenomenon for the era. So welcome to the nineties. It's 18, 1989. And we're about to, uh, jump full fledged feet first into the nineties rock scene with one of the biggest bands, uh, to define it. So tonight we are starting our order, uh, our opening opinions, Chris, you begin. What are your thoughts in this week in listening to Nirvana's debut album, Bleach? You know, it's kind of funny. Yeah, that this kind of reminds me of uh, uh, like Metallica's Kill 'Em All. This is kind of Nirvana's Kill 'Em All. It's very dirty uh, and sludgy, uh, and it kind of sits in a weird limbo uh between kind of the late mid to late 80s kind of alternative rock that really hadn't broken out of the college scene yet i mean you had like sonic youth rem which really hadn't broken yet but it's yeah it's weird it's not the 90s sound yet but it has you can tell it's kind of on its way there yeah there is it's only it's not uh it's kind of a primordial soup where it's bubbling up slowly um yeah it's yeah very fascinating uh yeah record i was actually pleasantly surprised uh 
yeah, just uh, for such a dense record, um, you can tell there's uh, the, as far as the the sonic impact is a little bit more. The production you can tell is a little bit tighter than let's say some of their other contemporaries of the era, like Mud Honey, which I, uh, was another the band who put out their debut album actually the same time. Uh, and I, that was actually a, another album I actually listened to in preparation for this show. Uh, there, uh, and you can feel yeah that there's definitely that uh, kind of. Uh, yeah, that uh, yeah, kind of punk uh, hardcore meets kind of 70s hard rock. Uh, it's not quite thrash uh, where it's technical, but it kind of it's it sits on the other side of the coin as far as the uh, uh, it's it's not it's like one step outside of punk, but not completely. It's uh, it's yeah, more of the songwriting aspect versus the technical aspect. Uh, yeah, very, uh, yeah, very, I, I was actually, yeah, like I said, it, uh, I liked it a lot more than, uh, than I was expecting. Um, there were only like a couple of songs on here that I w- was familiar with. What's your out of 10, uh, Chris? Uh, I'm going to give this a 7.5 actually. Yeah, I really, uh, yeah, I, uh, it, it, it impressed me. I think it's, I think it sits well, I mean, for a band that only has three albums, I think it's an important record that helps balance the rest of the, of the uh, discography. Mm-hmm. Okay, strong start. I'm up next. Uh, I know Kevin wants me to keep this to 30 seconds, but I have to blab. Uh, just in preparation for this whole discography, I just maybe have to set aside uh, my biases against 90s music. Never a fan. I mean, I, you know, when I started listening to music and turning on the radio and choosing what I listen to, um, as opposed to just listening to whatever my parents have on or put on, um, I like the first music that I heard was um, the tail end of the post grunge era. So basically, fourth rate garbage like Stained and Puddle of Mud and Seether <laughs> and just like a pile of yuck. You know, just like to me, that just like I, I, I hated it. I was so sad. Like, I, I, that, that movie, that music kind of like gave me heartburn. Like, I, I just never. Like that, I kind of did a little dabble into new metal and everything. And then I've told this story before on the Van Halen show, but the seventh grade field trip to Springfield, Illinois, uh, John D. Flanagan gave me a burned copy of Van Halen, Best of Both Worlds, Part One, and Boston, the self titled album. And that was just an open window from the post-grunge era into the music that I listened to for the next couple of years, just the, you know, 70s and 80s rock. Um, It was just so much more interesting and brighter and just more levels of musicianship and studio production as such an antidote to all of the, you know, inward depression and the bland, vague, you know, anti-corporate but corporate attitudes of what had really, uh, was plaguing the tail end of the grunge movement. So I never looked back at the 90s scene. I never gave it a chance. Nirvana was kind of the band that I would um, associate with all of that. So I regretfully, uh, you know, decided that we could go forward with this in this Nirvana discography. But, you know, I I found it interesting to hear, um, I guess, the genesis of what was going to become in this record. I am not going to criticize it for its production quality. I know it was recorded with 600 bucks, as I mentioned. So I'm not going to, you know, just harp on it for that. Um, there's some good, the energy is great. Um, you know, the visceral raw, just, you know, uh, you know, just it's that bursting at the seams, just, just ball of energy that you can hear, uh, in the studio. It comes across well, it ages well. 
there's a lot of bad. Um, we'll get to that. And there's some really, some really horrible, ugly moments in this record that I think in, um, I guess I could call, there's a lot of shut up guitar in this record. Uh, just like, just, you just hear it and you're just like, shut up, shut up, like stop playing. Like, I just don't want to hear this again. Um, there's just not a lot here that I would say is transcendent. Um, because we always talk about that with our discographies that transcend generations. It's like, you had to be there. You really had to experience this in the right mindset at the right state in your life. And, you know, you had to really experience um, Nirvana at that point in time. And if you didn't, then it just doesn't necessarily seem to age that well. There's still some good stuff in there, but a lot of it just is is clunky or just poor songwriting, repetition, it just, you know, iffy musicianship. Um, it, it's frustrating because you, you, you kind of feel that there could have been something had they maybe, um, you know, had maybe a fourth member that could bring some of that to the table. Or if they were um, another, you know, band that I'll talk about from the era that just had a lot more musicianship involved in their grungy sound. So when we get there, I'll get to that point. But in terms of the songs that I heard here, I'm not hearing a lot that really helps it stand the test of time and put it among the greatest discographies of all time. I'm going to start with a, a generous four and see where it goes from there. That's just, that's where I got to give it. And we'll see where it, uh, based on your opinions, where that goes, Alex. Yeah. I, maybe I'll give a little intro since it's the first, uh, episode of the discography or first album rather. I started my introduction with this band. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly when I first got introduced to Nirvana. I mean, I, I imagine it was hearing Smells Like Teen Spirit on the radio like most people. Uh, but I have an uh, an older cousin, Jono, who's got to be in his mid to late 30s, who was around uh, when Nirvana was in their heyday. And that's his favorite band. And actually, I think he was born the same day that Kurt died. So he has sort of a weird connection with the band, but I remember him getting me into this band at a really early age. Uh, I remember him having DSL dial-up and downloading the Live and Loud concert from the In Utero tour, and I remember watching that really early on and not really knowing much about it, but I knew he was really passionate about the band, um, and it's one of those kind of memories that stuck with me because I ended up really revisiting Nirvana sort of later on, maybe in high school, you know, once I started getting a lot more into punk rock, I was actually even in a, a Nirvana cover band for a minute for a couple shows. We were called Fat Dave Grohl. Yes, our Dave Grohl was fat. Uh, you can go ahead <laughs> online and maybe dig up a few videos of us playing, but that was fun. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it, it's weird. I, I love this band a lot, and I'm a huge Foo Fighters fan. So in a way, this band has always kind of stuck around just with being a big fan of Dave Grohl. Like, you can't really take the Foo Fighters without really knowing who Nirvana is. And it's a band that I've always appreciated. And maybe at some times they got a little too over-explained for me. And it's like, ah, I can kind of pass it. Not pass on them, but it's like, ah, I could take a break from this band for a while. Um, and then, you know, eventually I got even more into, like, the 90s grunge stuff. Like, I was always a big fan of the Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains and Soundgarden and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, even in co my college years, like, getting more into, like, the Lemonheads and Sugar and Sonic Youth, Dinosaur Jr., like, some of those other bands, the Melvins, like, bands that really influenced Nirvana, it's almost like they kind of come back and you start to appreciate them a little bit more a little later in life. So... 
but I guess touching on Bleach, this is a record that um, I, I didn't know primarily the back half of this record. I would say the first half I knew pretty well and, and like most of the song. So it was interesting to listen to the back half. And I want to say if I didn't have my punk rock influence from high school, I wouldn't hear a lot of the influences where you hear a lot of Black Flag. I don't know if you guys are super familiar with Black Flag. I know Kurt was a fan, but you can hear some of that, especially like My War era Black Flag and, and some of these songs and even some Metallica and some of yeah. the guitar playing I thought was pretty interesting. So, uh, but it's also, and one thing I, I guess I can kind of close with here is it's an interesting band and, and I know maybe we'll have some some uh, criticisms or, or harshness to, to speak on this band because as maybe if you've listened to the show in the past, you'll know we're huge fans of the 80s hair metal scene and the 80s metal scene. And this was the band that killed that scene. Mm-hmm. And it's it's weird for me because you think maybe I would be bitter to that. Also, I mean, I was born in 93, so I didn't really discover this band until later. So I wasn't there at the impetus of this band to really see them kill that scene live while it happened. I got to hear about it in retrospect. But I can still appreciate this band. So it's weird that they killed one of my favorite genres, but they're also, again, a favorite band of mine. So I'm sure we'll get more into that as we continue the discography. Well, but for it was Bleach. Definitely a genre that needed to die. So sure. There's yeah, good yeah, reason for sure. it. <laughs> sure, sure, sure. And, and it is, it, they're an interesting band because I wonder why this really was the band that did it. Like, why wasn't it the Melvins or Dinosaur Jr. or Sonic Youth? I mean, those bands were huge, but. Why was it this band that did it? And it's interesting because as big of a lyrical band as Nirvana is, yes, I think their lyrics are, are great, but that's not really what I focus on in lyrics. I, I really focus more on the visual aesthetic and the rawness and the guitar and the drums and more of the music bass. So uh, it'll be interesting to dive into more of these songs uh, in the next couple of weeks. But anyway, uh, Bleach, I'm going to give it a six out of 10 uh, tonight. and Maybe it'll go up or down. We'll see. All right. Kevin, close it out. Yeah, I'm not going to have a lot of long comments because I have uh, no history with this band. Um, I went into this not knowing what to expect. I kept putting on the album and kept turning it off. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Good start. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, and I have to say uh, uh, my one word would be disappointed uh, is is the one word because even you know I figure okay I know that I'm not gonna get the most technically proficient um, playing here I knew that going in you know uh, it, it it was worse than I expected actually in some some areas so I'm like well maybe I'll dig into the lyrics I dug into the lyrics and um, was unfortunately disappointed there too so I'm just gonna go ahead and give this one a three. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. Kind of knew we'd be there to start. Um, so yeah. it, it, it's, I mean, some of this is an, it, I, I'm going to struggle with throughout this is how much credit do I give them for pioneering musical trends that I personally hate? You know, how much can I set aside my opinion of this kind of guitar playing, this kind of tone, this kind of songwriting with also giving them credit for changing the entire direction of music, rock music. Right. So that'll be what I'm going to be struggling to balance the entire time. 
so, you know, I could just see that's where, I mean, there's no doubt about it. As, as much of a fan as I am of the LA scene, it really is more just because it's so funny more than it's because it's good. I mean, let's be honest, when you were, you know, constantly being, you know, slapped in the face with Bang Tango, Pretty Boy Floyd, you know, uh, Back Alley Sally, Tough, you know, like kind of just the, just the most awful hair metal uh, that was right. just circulating in 1991, I, I could totally see why. And I could give them a lot of credit for just finding their own voice and developing that and bring and, and, and continuing to deliver it after blowing up. So lots of credit for I that. Just, I don't know. I just think a lot of retrospective reviews about the genius or whatever yeah. are just that. John Lennon reviews. of his era. Yeah, because you know what? <laughs> if, if, if Nevermind had, let's say some alternate universe where Nevermind sold, I don't know. 100,000 copies, maybe 50,000 copies. Gold, yeah. yeah. Would anybody be like, oh, this is so genius? Or would they just be like, oh, you know, that was kind of a nice movement on an obscure label? Well, and yeah. Just, I mean, we'd be talking about some other band well, and talking Allison, about their genius. Allison Change was out before Nevermind. No, I know, but I'm just saying before, yeah. now we're all talking about how Bleach is just like. Come on, all, all these retrospective reviews, they were all four out of five, four out of five, four and a half out well, of five. Well, yeah, I mean, believe like, well, come I, on. I, I, did I, I, did I, any of those I, people <clears throat> would be like, oh, yeah, this is the next biggest band of all time? No, I mean, I no. think for the most part, I mean, th- people were surprised. I mean, that, yeah, that, uh, I mean, they literally, yeah, going back to what I said about as far as the, this is their kind of kill them all, that they went from kill them all to the Black Album. Yeah, I mean, which is a pretty right. dangerous yeah, kind of, and ultimately we saw what ultimately happened with, as far as kind of getting to that level so quickly. Uh, I don't think Kurt expected that, uh, though it it did kind of come out that he was kind of a closet, like kind of like pop rock. He did, he loved the Beatles, he loved Boston, he loved a lot of those '70s bands, but had a hard time articulating that amongst his scene. Uh, I don't know if you watched that that document or that video that I sent you last night. Yeah, where it kind of talked about that. that was something he kind of struggled with within the scene. Yeah, where there was very much this kind of uh, what do you want to call it? Very kind of like kind of stuffy attitude, yeah. <laughs> which is what you see with a lot of music scenes. Yeah. It uh, is pretty, cr- yeah. It is yeah. pretty crazy to think about. Like obviously, there, there's and it's it's like I said, it's obvious, but there's one song on this record that stands out that is going to pretty much foreshadow what's to come. What's coming on? Yeah. And it it is pretty crazy because, like I said, I I wasn't super familiar with the back half of this record. A lot of the deep cuts on uh, side two. So I'm like listening to this and it's like, okay, yeah, you can hear some of like the more punk rock kind of sludge metal influence that is kind of gone on the next record for the most part. But if anything, if anything, it comes back around on In Utero. So it is pretty crazy. Like, I'm not here to convince anybody on Bleach. Like, it's one of those records where they talk about it where it was, you know, it only sold 40,000 copies before right. Nevermind, and it's one of those things where if Nevermind never came out, nobody probably would have gone back right. and, like, it's because yeah. of Nevermind that this record and this right. band is huge. Right. So it's I'm not a, here to, yeah. yeah, I'm not here to convince anybody on Bleach. It's like one of those things where it's it's interesting to go back and listen to it now and, and see where they started and like, yeah, they're young and they're working out the kinks and stuff, but like you said, it's pretty crazy for them to go from Kill em All to a black, black. film if you use that analogy and it's and they say to themselves 
like, oh, they weren't ready for this and stuff like that. And it's like, well, man, if you if you listen to it, it's like you're really going for it. Right. And <laughs> like even production just, wise, it's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's like I don't know if it was more the label wanting to make everything a little bit more yeah, I saccharine think it, and pretty and Kurt didn't later want that. on, I think a little bit, yeah. But it's like it's pol- almost polar opposites. Not entirely. Like there's some what, rough, screamy stuff on Nevermind, but it's it's pretty poppy compared to this. Right. What blows my mind is that, at least in this album, flies in the face of everything you expect or you are told. You right. don't have to put a lot of effort in the lyrics. And don't tell me that he did because he admitted that he didn't. No. He did, you're right. Yeah, <laughs> right. He said he, he said you, it you for a lot have of to be, yeah. You don't have to be talented at your instrument. You don't have to keep time. You don't have to have good production to be successful. So why bother at all? Well, that, that's right. just, it just kind of blows yeah, my I, mind sometimes that no, you, you can do I, everything wrong and still have success and you can do everything right and have yeah, none. They could it's, only it's, do it at that time well, though. That's the thing. Yeah. Because well, yeah. I, I think of it like this. Think about like, and we try to stay from politics on the show, so I'll just leave out <laughs> names, but think about like when you have a very unpopular president or politician and everyone can't wait to get this guy out of office. So they will take anybody but this guy. They'll prop up yeah. whomever has the best chance of winning. Then that guy wins. Then that guy takes over. And everyone's like, uh. you know, like this guy's got his own flaws. And it's just like, it's such yeah. an overreaction to the genre uh, of, I mean, like, let's, let's be, it was stupid. Like you know, the, the late eighties and the guitar shredding, you know, you had guitars upside down behind the back, shooting rockets right. out of it, light it up, set it on fire. And now here's a bunch of guys who can't even play their instruments. So yeah, it's, I get it's it. That, it, it, it yeah, just, it's, it's just one of that, yeah. that typical well, massive overcorrection. It's it's one and of also, the many. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. And, and it's one of those records where it's like you can kind of judge it harshly in retrospect because you, yeah, I get it. Like you could say like, oh, well, why do people rate this record highly? It, it's like, yeah, it's grungy and dirgy and some of the songs are, are annoying and long and there's nothing catchy about it. And I get that. And I, I mean, you have. To, I, I'm trying to put myself in the perspective of, of listening to this for the first time in 1989 and have, having no idea that Nevermind and In Utero are coming. So, like, I can't judge this. Right. I have to judge it just on its mm-hmm. own. Like, if I were to hear it for the first time, like, yeah, I probably wouldn't be that impressed with it. But then you go and you listen to, like, Nevermind and In Utero, and they're the biggest band in the world and then you can go back and be like okay i kind of maybe see it yeah, but but that makes those albums more impressive not this one sure the, well, yeah. alex this sounds to me like those those you send me some of those you know like band camp like punk demos sometimes sure. like yeah this sounds like that in a lot yeah, of ways of course. And, and what makes that's... this that any better than those and yeah, I mean, so what, what, why what aren't those happen? people being like five out of five? You know, this is the why yeah. aren't people flocking to those bands? I get it because this it's is been like, done already, but yeah. it's just like, eh. This goes well, back it's to because, the first Pink it's Floyd because episode. Ner- right. Where, where we talked about Piper at the Gates of Dawn, and Kevin, you said you can't find a bad review of this album. And my argument, because I gave that one a high rating, was because they were the first to do it. They, they the, the unmatched level of experimentation in the studio, right. and that they were influencing the biggest band in the world at that time, in, in the Beatles. Or, you know, they were at least right there, neck and neck with them. So to do that on your debut is very impressive. Like, do you even consider, if, if this were a demo record, and never mind were the debut, 
then I suppose then the it would, see it it would make way. more sense. Yeah, yeah. See, absolutely. that would fit more in our discography because honestly, uh, this is probably the most, you know, this is the most disappointing debut we've had. Oh, by far, well, discography. Yeah, yeah. You know, and I don't. I, and I again, I'm sure. Again, with I mean, there have been a lot of other bands like that where one record blows up and then the back catalog gets reevaluated, maybe exactly. higher than That's what White's this is. Name. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, which is fine. Like I said, this is an interesting, I think this, and again, we'll get into it. I think this is an interesting record in the, I mean, it makes for more interesting discussion as far as looking at the three albums, like, wow, these are really, <laughs> but I think, like I started saying before, I mean, with this record, I think they were hoping just to be, because again, what can you do for 600 bucks? You can only do so much. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. E- even on you an can, indie you level. You can not record 13 songs. You can right. put so more you, effort so, yeah, into so less it's, songs. So it's going it's it's to sound a certain way. Uh, uh yeah, and I, yeah, I'm not going to criticize the production of it. I'm just not. No, no, I'm not going to cr- criticize the production, but that doesn't mean you need to be sloppy. Yeah, either. right. I, don't, yeah, I think I they were. Criticize. I think that's kind of what they were going for. I yeah. think that's. Yeah, I think they were kind of conscious. Yeah, that. I mean, this was the beginning of that kind of. Maybe they rebelled a little too much. You, you, I mean, you've seen right. that. In, uh, I mean, you. I think we've talked about it off off the show as far as the war, the ongoing. F- half century war between technical and feel i mean that's a really yeah probably one of the most gruesome musical battle discussions you can get into as far as especially from musicians and songwriter standpoints uh and this is kind of the was the first kind of yeah as as far as the late 80s the first real kind of yeah like yeah kind of where yeah the other side kind of started pushing back yeah I mean, got the... so Nirvana is really known, and whether it was true at the time or just as they blew up, but being the antidote to you know, everything that Guns N' Roses was not, which is weird because Guns N' Roses was the one that turned hair metal back on its heel Upside to say, down. you know, be tougher, yeah. a more street image, just kind of just that really more genuine. Yeah, just a more genuine. Well, that's and that's, and that's the thing. And people sometimes people throw around that word a little too much. Rick, I kind of get irritated. Like, what's you like? They weren't the, like Guns N' Roses and Nirvana were real, and then everybody else were. We're mm-hmm. fading. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, maybe to an extent, but it's, yeah, I mean, but it's, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's, it's just, you uh, can, I think it, I think it's, it's done a lot, of, it's done a lot more damage than, it's like, yeah, they were, yeah, they couldn't, and you can respect them for that, but, uh, I mean, there was a lot of other overexposed, much more overexposed stuff that was just as, just as good. I mean, whether it was too poppy, I mean, it all depends. You, you have to look at each individual artist and as far as how they're, I mean, uh, how they're working that style. Yeah, how they're working within their medium. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah, Alex, you're good. Right. You just want to close this out? Yeah, no, I just, uh, it, I, I totally understand why anybody would criticize this album. And, and as you can see, I didn't give it the highest rating either. And it absolutely is a retrospective record where if this was the only record that they put out, I don't think it would be rated that high. It's because of the success of the next two records uh, arguably you can even just say the next record is the reason why people go back to this. And right. yeah, I mean, yeah, like yeah, $600 is, is crazy to record a record. And, uh, and yes, you're right. Kurt has said that he was writing lyrics to the, for the, for these like songs on the, on way, the way to the studio. So yeah. <laughs> it's like, they're coming from like, severe, B, like B, extreme B, meat and potatoes B, kind of, yeah, B, BF, uh, Washington. And like, not really caring and it, it is interesting like yeah. it, it's just crazy to me how they went from this to the next record oh, like you, yeah, you yeah. see inklings in it and you and it sounds like there's times where kurt wanted to get more poppy on the first record but he mm-hmm. was torn on which direction to go 
so it, it's crazy with just, yeah, it, it just think, it'll think, be interesting to see like right. how, where it goes after this i mean yeah. i know where it goes but how it yeah, yeah one, one more point i think i think at this point i think kurt thought that they were just going to be like another like like a band of their scene like the melvins or whatever i mean where you just yeah, kind of make I these, very, these, 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 very, these, these very difficult to listen to kind of like uh, just for a specific group type of album yeah yeah i mean you didn't i don't think you expected within what 20 less than 24 months that they would go yeah that they would evolve so quickly and and as far as being as aggressive and getting themselves out there too i mean they kind of yeah you kind of found that out later that kurt was actually very kind of aggressive in his um like hustling his material and getting the records out there because he didn't really i think from seeing his just him in the in the general uh uh, consciousness yeah that he was very much kind of an anti but that wasn't true he actually he actually did take his record yeah to every yeah radio station he could and talk to every and just to get his yeah he uh, that there was a level where he wanted to be successful mm-hmm. uh maybe not to the level that he ultimately got to but yeah just uh but it wasn't uh like a lot of other people of that scene who just wanted to stay where they were well that's why yeah. in, in general the anti-corporate shtick just never age as well like it works really well when you're 14 but when you look back at it it's like you have to play the game to get that big oh, i know it's just you have to and and yeah. nobody got that big without doing it or maybe today you have a better chance but back then you yeah. had to sell out just right from the top so at least i guess right. this is the album that we can get to that is kind of pre-sell out or whatever like if you want to say it that way that this is kind of the nirvana at its core so let's right. get I mean, to the songs of, yeah go uh, we got uh, yeah. 11 of them to get through because we're going off the original uh release of this record uh kevin take it away yeah we're gonna start for those of you following along at home we're gonna start with blue and starting it at 115 yes for a quick note for everybody who's joining us uh, for the first time on the twitch stream we are not sending audio through twitch because we would get copyright flagged so thanks to the uh record industry you're gonna have to listen to music in silence follow along Strategically selecting parts of the song to listen to there. Yeah. Uh, you knew we, that one was going to show up because it's a part of the song. God, Deal with it. That was that had to be the worst guitar solo I have ever heard in my life from a band that is big as this band is. That was so bad. I can see why the entire genre abandoned it. It was the kind of thing that nukes an entire generation of guitar solos. And you know what? I would have bought it. I would have been okay if they if he did some kind of snarky anti solo. Like I'm just gonna like fake shred, or I'm just gonna be just like I'm just gonna do like like just like pick bombs or just like play up at the top at my of my, you know, like above yeah. the bridge. Or I like I would buy that. But this is good. just so freaking bad. 
It is, it, it just, just sounds like, like there's like major key or major notes and a minor key stuff going on. And it just sounds like, like a seventh grader. Like, honestly, I could probably sure. play get better uh, solo when I'm a seventh grader. So don't even, why, why was it there? Like, that's the whole point of the genre. And I don't know, know maybe it was, maybe cool it was stuff in here. Like the drop C tuning is pretty gritty. Like it's all sloppy, but you know, they I, didn't have the scale I, guitars that we have now, but man, I would say, I would say the first half of that solo is decent and then you start mm-hmm. to hear where the notes start going sour <laughs> and they start <laughs> kind of falling out where he like i don't know maybe he was making this solo up on the spot and he had a good idea and then he kind of lost it and it's like ah well we only got 600 bucks it's good enough keep it let's move it's on to the next thing. one yeah. yeah i don't know i mean <laughs> I actually i appreciate the mixing on this record as raw as it is I love how you can really hear every instrument pretty yeah. well. I mean, I drum somebody sound is great. I, I, the drum sound is great. You could hear Chris kind of moving around. I, I heard somebody say, or I read somebody say that they wish that the guitars were doubled and panned better. Like keep everything the way it is, but just pan the guitars a little better. Yeah. And I can almost kind of hear what they're saying. It almost sounds a little bit monoish in a way, but. It's and it's crazy too because you go to the next record and it's so polished and professional, and then you get into inner utero and it's a little bit more back to where they're going with this one. But, um, yeah, this is a song where <laughs> I really appreciated it wa- watching like live versions of it. And I knew about the song for a while, but maybe I didn't for some reason didn't remember that it was called Blue, like I had seen it or heard it in like various live sets. I'm like, oh, yeah, I know that song. Oh, it's called this one. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, sure. So yeah, this is I think one of the the better ones on this record. I, I happen to like this one. Not, <laughs> yeah, not, not 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 a top favorite, but uh, right. it's not uh, a bad yeah. song. Like it's it's decent sure. songwriting. No, right. yeah, it's so funny. I can see how much everybody's struggling not to as far as the, what, what our stronger musical foundation is. Because again, a lot of this is intentional as far as the way. Yeah, it's supposed to. I don't. That yeah, solo is be, not intentional. He just sucks. Yeah. Like, <laughs> well, yeah, I don't know. Like I say, he was not known as Jeez. a, uh, and maybe that was him trying to, again, because I think he was a closet kind of 70s rock guy. I mean, that was, I don't it's know, maybe him just to trying that. to. No, I know that. Yeah, like I said, he, he that was not some, he, he's not that kind of guitar player. I know maybe he should have, like you said, maybe he should have done more like a Sonic Youth thing, yeah, mm-hmm. where you just, where yeah. you just do all these weird kind of avant garde. But yeah, uh, I think he's, his, I think under the surface, I think his heart was, there was a part of him that just maybe wanted to, he was just fighting, maybe he shouldn't, maybe somebody should have said no, but again, it's like, they're probably just, they're going in there and I'm sure the, yeah, they just want to, okay, you have a limited budget, okay, let's just get you in and out, yeah, this is not, yeah, like Columbia Records or, or, or Atlantic, yeah, this is, yeah. Does it cost uh, that much to yeah. just cut the section though? Yeah. I'm sure it makes all those people who spend hours practicing so yeah. grateful that, you know, they have success. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like I said, yeah, it's 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 hard to approach. Yeah, uh, yeah. Just yeah, jumping from one, yeah, kind of one uh, comfort zone to another. Uh, but again, yeah, like like you said, it sounds great. Uh, yeah, the uh, I, that's after listening to clips from other bands of their of their scene. Yeah, I will say they're the production on the uh, and throughout the album. I mean, it sounds a little. Uh, it's, you can hear everything a little bit better. It's not as it's not as kind of muffled as some of the other bands were. Uh, I think there was a little bit more of a conscious effort to make it sound more, uh, yeah, more, yeah, or less jaggedy, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so you can kind of give it to them. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Again, this is so d- difficult. Yeah, just seeing where they went. I mean, this record is almost like you said. I think Kevin, like it's almost like a demo. Yeah, compared yeah. to what came out. But it's it's a, it's an official studio record, so it's yeah, yeah. 
and compared to Metallica, I mean, at least there is some similarities between the second and third record with the first. But here, I mean, it's it's almost unrecognizable. I mean, if you were somebody in '92 who came into it on Smells Like Teen Spirit, I mean, you were probably like, "What God? Sure, what's this?" <laughs> this right. is yeah. This is not yeah. This is this is uh, this is an album. These are songs for the underground in Seattle and Aberdeen. Yeah, this is not for yeah. Uh, and mm-hmm. it just happened that the band on the second record ended up, yeah, where a lot of this material came into the forefront. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so we're now we're here to critique it yeah, the best we can. Well, yeah. yeah, and there's a yeah. lot of, <laughs> I mean, you hear it in Metallica stuff too, and I'm, I'm not going to put this on the same level, but like, yeah, it, it's it's not a great guitar solo by any means, but like we always talk about the Weedle Weedle in Metallica where Kirk runs out of ideas and then he just, but he just keeps going and yeah. he's just throwing stuff <laughs> yeah. around. This is bad though. This is no, just, sure. this is terrible. Sure. And it's it probably not ruin it. it's something yeah. which would have been fine. It, yeah. And I don't know if it's tongue in cheek where he's trying, I, I don't really know what his thought process is. I know, you know, he's not the greatest guitar player in the world. He's, I, I would say he's creative um, in in some aspects, but yeah, a lot of his solos really just mimic the the vocal melody, which you could call that lazy or not. It, it's kind mm-hmm. of a safe it's a safe option. But hey, I mean, a lot of like punk solos would do that too, where like it's not the point. It's You're like right. when I, I, I'm not a great guitar player, and I know that, but I'm just it's more I'm just trying to write like a decent song, and I need something to fill this section of the song. Right. And I'm just going to, like, tongue-in-cheek make fun of a guitar solo and just do it. And I'm just trying to get out of my house and go on tour. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah. I I just don't buy it on this one. It's just too much of, like, a Chris said, like, he kind of wanted to be a guitarist, but nobody told him to stop. So this ended up on here. Like, if you would have just gone crazy with it. Like, if you want to make a statement with it, just go stupid with it. Smash your guitar. Have that be the solo. Like or something. Oh, that would have yeah. been, that been great. Like yeah, like halfway through the song, you just heard like a. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I would have yeah, <laughs> bought that. That would have been cool. That would have been one great opener, right? If they had done and that, that probably would have worked more for because yeah, I don't know as far as the yeah, other fan base in, in 88, 89, I don't know even the sloppy solo like that. I don't know how that would have. Uh, uh, maybe that might have been too much. I don't know. I mean, because I know that was really. Yeah, even for talking knows, about for the for their for their scene, but yeah, or for their yeah. But still not a bad opener. I'm okay with it yeah, as yeah. without this this the solo. The solo. All right. Well, it's time to move on to Floyd the Barber. Again, we apologize to the streamers for not being able to uh, put these through. That uh, that's something that we'd like to get taken care of. Contact Twitch, I yes, guess. Yes, please. And their, al- and their algorithms for what would be pulling us down and then banning us for life. Um, So, but this is Floyd the Barber starting at 142. getting into some it's funny this is one of those uncomfortable but very fascinating songs uh you read the verses and you're like god what the heck is he yeah is he talking about yeah guy goes to uh to get his hair cut and he ends up getting kind of dismembered and killed by the people inside the uh uh yeah i don't i know kurt had a dark sense of humor but man this is uh uh 
it was funny. I was kind of reading up a little bit. I don't know how deep you guys went into it, but uh, I guess yeah, the, the whole Floyd the Barber character came from, that was a character on the Andy Griffith, uh, Griffith show, where he took that character, I guess, and then created this very dark kind of scenario <laughs> that almost takes like a serial killer kind of... Uh, but uh, this is probably the one time where the guitar tone really kind of like that pu- pushed my, I mean, even for dirty kind of like trebly guitar tone really kind of pushed what I can, what I can deal with. I mean, it works for the, I guess, again, for everything, you have to look at the context of a song. Uh, and I guess it works here. Uh, but yeah, this is more like, a, again, when you go into the deepest kind of ends of like of the, the, the darker size of metal, uh, where it's not really about. Yeah, it's almost like black metal, like that kind of. <laughs> it's not meant yeah. to be uh, 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 sonically pleasing, but it's supposed to drive whatever is going. Yeah, almost like you're watching a horror movie. Uh, and I kind of, I kind of appreciate it from that, from an artistic standpoint. Not necessarily that I would go back to that, or I would look to use utilize that guitar tone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, but yeah, this is, it was just another fascinating kind of. Yeah. Uh, Something that you would, yeah, again, just surprising for people who came into Nevermind and come into something like this. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I, think like you, I think I think it's great. I mean, I think, it, yeah, just from a, yeah, just as far as just adding to a, from the absurd, yeah, yeah right. to the interest factor of a band where it's like, man, there's a lot of, just a lot of great talking points. Yeah, a lot of great things to dig into. But, yeah, uh, and yeah. I, would, I would say that there's like two songs on this record specifically that are, uh, stocks on the rise. This one I, I was actually kind of familiar with because they, even in the Dave era, were playing the song and just how heavy those toms are and they like reverberate. It's almost like, I mean, w- once we get into in utero, I mean, take it or leave it, but that's one of the greatest drum sounds ever with Steve Albini just mm. c- really capturing a raw analog sound of a drum kit in a room. And I think even Dave has said that he is just, he was very fortunate to have recorded with him and get that sound in his drums. And I almost feel like you can kind of hear that a little bit here. We're just so raw and it's not really polished and you can hear everything about the drum kit. And and I love that. And I think Dale Crover from the Melvins played on this one, um, which you you can kind of hear maybe a little bit of a difference versus Chad Channing on it. But but yeah, this one, uh, this one's cool. It, It definitely has that sludgy, like I wouldn't say blue really has the sludginess to it. Uh, this one does, where it gets really heavy and kind of yeah, like you said, dark and kind of weird. And there's another like song, Megadeth. Like, yeah, it, it's heavy and it's it's cool. Like there, there's some diversity on this record for sure. I mean, especially once we get into the next song. But um, yeah, this one and another song later on in the record where it's almost makes you feel kind of uncomfortable, like it would be in a horror movie or something like that. It's like very macabish. Yeah, <laughs> and, and, and it kind of works here for me on this one. Yeah, I thought, again, I thought it was not, fascinating. Yeah, again, not one of my you know favorite songs on the record, but I, I can appreciate it being here. So yeah, I've really kind of looked at this record just as kind of like an artifact of a, of a moment in time of a band that would become almost like unrecognizable in, in certain aspects to what we were listening here to hear. And I can yeah, again, I don't, I don't, didn't really after listening to it. Like I think I listened to this album twice. I didn't really go back to it, but I just yeah was fascinated by the approach. Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Just very, yeah. That a band could just go from here to, yeah. I mean, it took Metallica almost a decade to get to that to the next point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But yeah, here with Nirvana, yeah, they went from the the gutter to the yeah, yeah, to the top of the mountain. Yeah, I like how the just, way this one ends in a bit of a round. Kevin played the end of the track. That was uh, kind of nice. Oh yeah, so that's the way it tapers yeah, that's off. True. I, I noticed that too, actually. You know, as the 
the vocal stop or something, then guitar, bass, drums, and the something, something like that. Yeah, it feels like a machine so. coming to a like a clunky halt. Just stop. Like just- yeah. So, all right. Well, let's move on um, to about a girl. We're gonna be starting this one at one forty-eight. a song you know whatever that guitar tone is and that kind of strummy playing whatever you would call that i hate it but you know what (laughs) it's also again this is the personal preference versus what they how they changed the genre um this also sounds eerily similar to metallica and something you'd hear off load isn't it kind of like an until it sleeps kind of feel to it Sure. You know, with the southerny rock guitar, you know, slower strumming, especially that ride. Um, right. Never as heavy as like something like Until It Sleeps. But, you know, and here's how I'll put it. You know, I, like I said with Floyd, if you are influencing one of the biggest bands on the planet, you get a lot of credit. Even if I personally dislike it, I have to give you credit for that. So right. as much as I dislike that guitar tone, that type of guitar playing... Gotta give him credit because it totally sounds like 92, 93 to me. And it's it 89. Does. It really just has everything. Right. Like it's super basic yeah. chord progression, just one, one, three, three, one. Like it's just so basic. Yeah. But even that chorus though, Kevin, I don't think you played the chorus, but um, it sounds like he tried to write a 60s pop chorus. Uh-huh. Like it just has that, like, I yeah. can't take you doing that thing you do at the end of it, <laughs> which it's not yeah. a real song, but like it, it really has that. And I like that a lot. Like it's got this weird, like, you know, just droney verse, but then it's got this pop right. chorus that I think maybe this is the song you're referencing. That is the one that previews what they would kind of uh, go on right. to do next I, record, next two I, records. Yeah, I think I think this is the song that kind of like, yeah, this is like the first class, if, not that the, without pissing off the uh, like the hardcore fans, but this is like the, I think the, I feel like the first real classic song that would come to define Nirvana as far as you can hear kind of all those little like melodic elements in there again that would dominate the next decade, like you said. Yeah, it's uh, uh, but it's weird. It still has there's still something like that has has it still in the 80s alternative scene. There's something or maybe it's just the production. There's not it's not quite the 90s yet, but it's like the foot is going over the line. Yeah, that's where the you're kind of jumping the the calendar the rope. starting yeah. to turn. Yeah, exactly. It's like in that transitional kind of shifting uh, uh, period. But uh, what did you think of the uh, the solo on here at one twenty one? Yeah, Mark. Uh, this was better. I think I I, I remember yeah. the da 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 da. Yeah, this, yeah. What was it one twenty one? Yeah, that's where it kind of starts. Um, yeah. Loading for everybody. Sorry, waiting. I know what you're talking about. It's better. Like this, okay, this one yeah, is just yeah. a little bit more of a, a, a groovy feel solo rather than 
just a nonsense seventh grade solo for sure. Okay. And yeah, there was kind of a, and there was kind of an interesting, I, I don't know if you'll be able to cue that up either. Uh, at uh, 226, uh, there's like a chunky buildup that kind of is a little different than anything else on the song where yeah. it's got this, where like that. Yeah, that solo is perfectly fine with me. Yeah. Yeah, um, and, and this is one of the songs where, yes, it was the first, or actually, it was not a single off the record. Uh, and I, I have to say, I, I, it's that's probably, weird. It's yeah. probably obvious, yeah. but I'm pretty sure the uh, MTV Unplugged version was the reason why people went back and discovered this song, because they mm. open up that live album, and, and Kurt even says, this song's off our first record, most people don't own it. So, yeah, it, it, he said in interviews that he was, a, he was a fan of the Beatles, and then you go and you listen to interviews with Dave, you know, during his Foo Fighters days, and he says he's learned to play music you know, his first instrument was guitar, and he sat in his room with a guitar and a Beatles songbook. So it's like these guys wanted to write this stuff, but maybe they were scared to do it. And like they give you a taste of it, and then they're like, all right, well, everything else is going to be sludgy and for the hometown fans and for the for the basement show. But like this is here, and it's. It's 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 interesting to like think about what people would have thought about it if they heard it at the first time because obviously it went to kind of influence people and and then yeah you hear a lot of this really pretty songwriting on the next record and and maybe even a little bit on utero but yeah uh, you know this is a, a classic song and a, a fun one to play nothing too difficult and yeah right. I think the solo is nice it uh it's a songwriting it, solo it's a yeah, song it's a, solo it, it, yeah, it's, it's not a, a song yeah. solo like you're not showing yeah. off here it's just kind of like a vehicle to get to the next part but it's catchy enough and yeah i, I can definitely hear some of that 60s kind of poppy influence uh, especially during that chorus so sure all right all right uh, yeah, m- m- uh, kevin i've got uh my first question of the evening i know i, I know oh, you do. Talking oh, okay about. yeah okay here we go um yeah i didn't want uh, as far as not being a little too bumpy and kind of throwing these in all right yeah. uh this is a um uh, I was actually changing. It was a true or false, but I kind of s- s- adjusted it to a multiple choice to make it sound a little better. Um, okay. Um, um, which uh, Beatles album uh, did uh, Kurt uh, get inspiration for in writing about a girl? Uh, was it A, Meet the Beatles, B, A Hard Day's Night, or C, Rubber Soul? I know this is a Beatles? deep cover. I know, right? I I know, know no oh, <laughs> Just straining oh, the I heard, I heard a horn. Yeah, I, I is this a trick question? I thought it was neither of those. That wasn't a choice. I know I could have thrown that in there, but but uh, okay, I'll go with. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, you said a hard day's night, meet the Beatles, or Rubber Soul. Uh, meet th- the Beatles. A, a meet the Beatles. B a hard day's night, and C Rubber Soul. Huh. I thought it was pleased to meet me, but uh, or uh, yeah, uh, but I'll go with meet the Beatles. You are correct. Okay. That is meet, right. meet, nice. I think I remember seeing the word meat in there, so I'll go with that. Okay. That was good. Yeah. All right. All right. In, the, in yeah. the game trivia here, Kevin, what's yeah. next? Yeah, we're gonna move on to school starting Sorry. at I'm getting my I'm getting my albums wrong. Please to meet me is the replacements record. What is it? Please please me or whatever is the first Beatles record? That's yeah, it. that was please, the one that was before. Yeah, that's the uh, one think... I'm thinking of. Please to meet me. Oh, I wouldn't know. Yeah. yeah. 
The replacements right there. Yeah, there you go. So, okay. Anyway, we're going to move on to school starting at one minute and 20 seconds. song until i well i'll tell you a little story i was putting up the christmas lights the other day and this song was on i'm like oh this is kind of rocking and kind of liking the dynamics of the song everything that's going on and then i pause and i probably let the christmas lights slip out of my hands as i looked up to the sky and thought is he actually saying no recess and yeah. the song is about oh. school you mm-hmm. gotta be kidding so me corny tanked this song instantly my notes go push hmm. some broom uh the, this <laughs> harkens back to the van halen song about pushing well, broom you well, gotta you know what be the kidding. song's about yeah i don't I know, care the there's three lines in the song it well, can't yeah, be about anything no it, it, it can't is be actually about. That's no I guess, no don't know, tell me a three line song is about anything that is just made up after the fact that is made up after the fact i do not care i will not hear that it's about Anything. It is. No, 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 no. Yeah, I heard that whole story about, yeah, he sees these kids in the show that he didn't like anymore. But, like, what is this? The first album. That is so corny. No, it's about about him going back to his high school and being a janitor after he graduated and seeing, like, all these people that... Well, and then the janitors never get any Reese. I, I, I don't care. That's the dumbest thing that I've ever so heard. Like, there's no story. There's no story. I'm sorry. I, I just, I, I, I so just corny. wrote a song about yeah, throwing my phone on the floor, and I have one thing to say about it. You, you, you have that whole story, and you can write three lines about it. That could, that could have been yeah. an interesting song, but all you managed to say was no recess. That's it. Yeah, he was writing it from the perspective of a snot-nosed kind of, yeah. Again, yeah, this is the, I can see this is the thing where the struggle That's yeah. one of those things where the author, you know, all these people go back I'm and not def- analyzing yeah, I'm, the book after the fact. Oh, look at this imagery. Look at this that's going I'm on. Not, and the author's like, def- was it? Kurt Cobain yeah, is def- a lyricist. Unfinished yeah. poetry. That's yeah, what I'm that, getting this right has got to be here. this has got to be the one that he uh, wrote the lyrics on the way to the studio. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not I mean, def- I'm, I'm, not def- yeah, yeah, I'm not defending, I'm not defending it, the lyrics on this. I mean, this song. But, again, I, again, I, had, I, I go I had to for read it. Up on obviously, it. Yeah. I, I go to this song for the groove, the opening riff, the opening and riff. It just let me hear. Yeah, the vocals. Yeah, the vocals. Yeah, the reverb on the vocals. I like. Yeah, it's it's a very it's a very. Oh, I love the way this comes in. That's, and you're going to get foreshadowing to the next record on this. 
little little right flam there, with the kick drums. That guitar right there is just the first instance on this record of the shut up guitar. Oh, like, I just love when it. like somebody plugs yeah. in a guitar so infectious. and you just yeah, I, like I, I don't uh, I, that that's not what I associate with it. I just I'm just it's sitting simple. there trying it's to get like, one thing. Yeah, it's just like one to three. Yeah, two, just, new, two words and two notes. I'm just sitting there trying to like get my little patch cable or whatever I need from Guitar Center so I can get out of there. And some kid plugs in and starts doing, just dialing up one of these. And you're just like, oh, shut up, shut up, in, shut up, shut into, up. Into a crate that's busted. Oh, like yeah. It's got well, a speaker I mean, yeah, that's kicked in. If you, if you hear that one riff for three hours, sure, but eventually it progresses well, and gets into the, other chords and it's a good I live like track. That, I like that post solo section where the bass is grooving, right. and yeah. it's just nice. the drums and the bass. Like I like that. That's cool. Like that, that they had something there. You know, it just it's just that <laughs> simplistic guitar tone. Like that that part right there after that post solo section really evokes the image of a club band to me. Like kind of like mm-hmm. a, a sweaty break just for the fans to catch their breath and kind of get back into the chorus again. But that riff, man. I don't know. I, I can't look past my bias on that one. That's just a, 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 a like we're well below the Billabong shorts in the Chicago Music Exchange practice. And we're just the base seventh grader yes, at Guitar we, Center we, plugged we know, into yeah. the crate amp, we, like barely in tune, down tune to yeah. C, so sloppy, intonation so bad. You just blow your this brains is, out. I, yeah, as, Sorry, this is Chris. Yeah. I know where you're coming out from. Out of the wheel. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I, I could see I've lost you. I mean, I was going to elaborate a little bit more, but I'm not going to. Yeah, it's, I, I can tell. No, no, I'm. I, 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 I two punches to this one. Bam, bam. <laughs> and it's weird. And it, like, I, I think we've talked about it before. When you have to have somebody explain the song to you, I understand that's never a good thing. But I did, yeah. Just from a, maybe it was a little too simplistic as far as what he was getting at. Even if uh, you can't, you can't tell a story. You can't tell a story and say in the beginning, okay, that's my story. But isn't well, there's right. no that, end. There's no that, end. All you yeah, said is like, in the beginning. You didn't tell the story it, at it, all. Tell me how, like how mature that story gets from when we're talking about bands like Floyd and Waters and we're talking about some of the greatest discographies of all time and then you just have like the corniest most That's the that's the point. Yeah, like, yeah. I know it had to hit the, you at that time. That, I, like, like I said, I'm not yeah, there and, anymore. and I and I see that's why a lot of us did, weren't again a lot of us grew up much more eclectic and a lot more into a lot of different kind of music that I guess you consider I mean much more sophisticated I mean if you want to do that but that's not what this was there's three sentences no I didn't say it was sophisticated no I'm not I didn't say it was I wasn't saying it was sophisticated I'm saying this is not sophisticated I think I think sophisticated and the lyrics of this song can't even be in the same room together because you know sophisticated you think of like lyrical poetry and things like that right, this isn't maybe, this maybe, isn't maybe that, this isn't even a complete maybe that, sentence maybe that's a good like point that's that not even this is somebody learning how to like talk or, for right, the first time talking, or, 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 or where you or, tell a second grader write me a story and he decides to write about the janitor and and you get three words that are like the the, the right. lines are like the okay. written off the, the paper come on and this might be the fault of the media <clears throat> Uh, in retrospective uh, uh, study of of Kurt Cobain to say that this is a talented songwriter, the voice of a generation, then you listen and you're like, what? Like, if you would have just told me that this was just an underground punk record, I'd have been fine with it. I really would have. Well, like, again, 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 I feel that. like you're you're judging this at the wrong time. Nevermind and In Utero aren't out yet. 
Like yeah, nobody really know nobody really knows about this band, and nobody in 1988 is calling Kurt yeah, the, the, the songbird is, of the generation. Yeah, this is, for, like, this is very much a record of of the scene. Yeah, where you just got a bunch of snot, yeah, kind of dirty, kind of you know, whatever. Yeah, just making. Yeah, just this. Yeah, as far as the epitome of meat and potatoes. Yeah, well, where it better it's not, it's not a lot it's from not... here, and I'm not hopeful that it will. From what I know about but this the band is, the yeah, this is the thing. We either are judging this based on the next two records, or we are not. Because we can't be surprised and be like, wow, I can't believe what big steps they took between this and the next one. Well, they did. Yeah, sitting I mean, here yes, today. Yeah. No, I'm talking about sitting here today. Yeah. Sitting here today, we cannot talk about Nevermind for the rest of the album. Then, right? Then you, yeah, you, you could judge it a little bit lower. Then, I'm, I mean, I'm still not. Yeah, I'm still going yeah. to lower my review or my score. But right. I, 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 I don't. I don't give a. Sh- I don't give a shit about any. Wiggle, I don't, wiggle, I don't, wiggle, I don't give a shit about any of the lyrics. This is a live yeah. jam that gets the place going and it grooves and it's catchy. And and and, that, and Kevin even admitted it. So and that's what it is. Maybe maybe in a live again. This is this is a. I mean, you, when you go to a show like this, you're 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 in the moment of of the energy of the show. You're not really listening to what he's doing. I mean, if anything, you're maybe you're following the way that he's singing, just ah, kind of like and everybody's going nuts. Yeah, it's kind of right. yeah, it's it's very much yeah, much different. These are not for the most part sing along. Maybe unless you're really into it. I mean, this this isn't like Mashuga where yeah. I was just gonna not, say really Mashuga. Not, you go to a Mashuga show and you just bang your head. It doesn't need to be technical, yeah, and, but it is. And- I don't know. Yeah, but the, the, this is kind of like an even more like primitive version, I guess you could say of that. Because I actually did do reference later as far as Mashuga. There were some moments that kind of reminded me of that dissonant kind of well, uncomfortable. And, 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 yeah. and I guess this is where maybe like, I don't know if the contender part comes out, out in this. But and, and I realized the uh, some of these records didn't come out till maybe a year or so later. But you look at bands like Alice in Chains, Smashing Pumpkins and uh, Pearl Jam. Like way more technically talented bands than Nirvana is, but what was it about Nirvana that did it? Like you, Allison Chains were like Jerry Cantrell, objectively a great guitar player. So was Billy Corgan, and there were like classic rock guys that you know could shred and and were much more talented than just kind of playing simple power chords that. Uh, Kurt was playing and yeah you could say it was more of his lyrics and maybe his image and the way he touched people so yeah I guess maybe that's it It, but there's like enough catchiness in the music to kind of please that side of it so yeah it's it's baffling to me sometimes like I love the band now in retrospect because I can appreciate it later on but like at the time, I wouldn't have thought like, oh, this was going to be the band that was going to do big it. Thing, yeah. So it's a mystery to me too, and I don't know if there was underground stuff going on where maybe something in the record label was like, okay, we really need a change from this, uh, you know, hair metal scene that's going on right now. Let's just pick these guys, and we're going to push it so hard that we're going to force people to recognize and understand that this is the new way who, who knows i i don't i just i just mean really that i i knew going into this alex like your point about alice in chains and the smashing pumpkins and kind of like those other bands being more technically yeah. talented and able and i sure. knew that people had always said like you know kurt as a guitarist is like pretty poor not, not yeah, like average, you know, like yeah, exactly. Nothing I think to, he to probably write home would have, about. Would have been, and said yeah, the same he thing, probably yeah. would have said the same thing. So in that case, I'm going into this album looking for the other stuff, 
Like, okay, so he's known as this lyricist, this thinker, this stuff. And that was not developed the yet. And, <laughs> it's, and yeah. it's not hitting yeah. on any of those levels for me. So you're not hitting sure. on the music and you're not hitting on the lyrics. Right. So I'm left with... Right. Not, I get, like I'm yeah, scraping the, the bottom of the bar- yes right yeah, yeah, like I said yeah, I agree like with you Kevin. again it's never a good thing when you have to when you have like a concept and you and you don't ex- and you have to explain it later on as far as mm-hmm. what the meaning yeah. of the I <laughs> yeah. mean like with, with like Pink Floyd you can sit there and you can kind of talk about Roger Waters like okay we can come up with your own but here where it's like there's really you're working with a very little I don't hate it like I said I, I would I would, went from it from a different perspective just again looking at the yeah, this is not Pink Floyd. This is not progressive. Yeah, this is the anti-progressive. If you want to, maybe, maybe for, for better and for worse. Sure. Um. So th- that's why I, I had to put on a different hat. Yeah, for that kind of. Yeah. 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 Right, well, yeah. yeah it, it's time to move on. <laughs> I didn't think yeah. that was gonna explode into that, but we're going to get to what I believe is a cover song, um, yeah. which is "Love Buzz," and we're gonna start this one at one minute and forty seconds. It's funny. This was, uh, I, I think, when we were talking last time. This is the one song I came across from this album, even before we started talking about Nirvana, that I really enjoyed. It's, I know it's a cover song, but I love like that opening bass riff, how the, how Chris uh, kind of reinterprets. I actually, I don't know if you guys listened to the original track from the uh, mm-hmm. Shocking Blue. I think it was the original, uh, the band from the, that sixty psychedelic band. Right. Uh, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Chris kind of changes that main riff a little bit. Uh, because there's a hammer on in the original one where here he doesn't really do that. Um, it's just kind of dun, 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 dun. Yeah, there's not a lot of, uh, but I love how it kind of breaks up the, the kind of the harshness of the record. I think it kind of, uh, and I love the, uh, the very trebly power chord that kind of drives the song. It just works so well in that context. Uh, I just thought that was, yeah, you're really interesting. Um, yeah, funny enough, I guess Kurt initially wasn't a fan of, of doing this, but I'm kind of glad that they, uh, that they did, yeah, kind of, because again, I don't think there was any other real anything like it on the record. Uh, and I was surprised they kind of got that; uh, they were able to reinterpret those kind of exotic uh, uh, scales uh, uh, on here. Yeah, it's um, an interesting pick for a cover. I mean, I, I didn't know of Shocking Blue before this song. Um, I don't know how popular they were at the time. I'm yeah, they had. To- yeah, they did that song Venus. Venus. Uh, I know, I know, Rama did re. Oh, yeah, I mean, that Venus, song in the 80s. Fire Your Desire. Yeah, okay. yeah, they, they were the, that I was they, expecting they, to hear. They, yeah, yeah I know. Yeah, they, they were. Yeah, but yeah, Shocking Blue was the band that originally. Yeah, because yeah, yeah, I don't know. I guess yeah, I guess Shocking Blue had a discography that was cover worthy. I guess, but yeah, in very, <laughs> yeah, no, in, very I, in very, in very, in very weird <laughs> spots. But yeah, I, uh, uh, but yeah, there was. Uh, it was funny. I had to listen to the other so a couple of them. Like yeah, this is the the. the the guys did alter it a little bit. Uh, even some of the lyrics, I guess, Kurt changed uh, some of the verses 
uh, just to fit his what he wanted to do better. Uh, yeah, um, and, and, and for somebody who has been in bands where I've done cover songs, and it's like you could either choose to cover it exactly, you know, how it is on the record, or make it your own. I, I think they actually did a really good job of making this their own. Like I, I love that it's heavier. And it's got some of that sludginess with the raw production on it, but there's that pretty catchiness in it where it covers that aspect of the band too. It's like an interesting choice, but it's like, okay, yeah, this almost sounds like a Nirvana song. Like you wouldn't think of it to be a Nirvana song on Bleach at the time, but it's like, oh, I could see this kind of fitting on Nevermind. Mm -hmm. Like it kind of works. So I think it's a good choice. I don't know if I would have necessarily picked it as like the lead off single Right, Pardon I think me. he was he was not happy about that from what I read, yeah. But uh but it Like I would have picked my own song, but also like I almost kinda get it. It's like, all right, well, it's got some of the heaviness to it, it's got the catchiness to it, and I don't know if it would alienate people right away. It's yeah, I know like, it's, it's weird, like a safe again, middle I, ground almost. Again, I I I thought it was great, but I can see how this would kind of maybe again just piss off that uh but I thought it was I thought it was an interesting I think it kinda helps break up against some of that kind of harsher kind of weird stuff mm-hmm. uh, and kind of gives a little bit of flow all right well we are about just about halfway through the album oh wait hold now. on I, 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 oh uh, you have another can, question question uh yeah, yeah. The, this uh doesn't necessarily have to do with love love buzz just another kind of general question um sure. all right uh this is a true or false question um jason everman who contributed the money to record the record is credited as a second guitarist on the record but didn't actually play on it true or false <laughs> Oh, I think geez, that, was that was Alex. quick. Was that, Alex? Uh, yeah. that is true. <laughs> you are right. All right. Yeah, I just walked on this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 2 0 on Alex and no no hope from the this side of the table, that's for sure. Okay. <laughs> All right. Anyway, yeah. sorry to interrupt you there. Let's go. <laughs> like I said, we are about halfway through the album. Um, that means we are on paper cuts. We're going to start this one at 1 minute and 19 seconds. There. Yeah, there, there's a, a pretty healthy amount of like. Finally, we've gotten to a point where at least the uh, textures have evolved, or at least become a little bit more layered, to where I'm interested in it. Um, you know, it, it almost has a bit of a um, Alice in Chains kind of. Yeah, I had that in there, um, yeah, especially in the, in the verses. Uh, yeah. yeah, like that. Uh, and I've read before, heard somewhere where uh, somebody's complimenting Kurt Cobain in terms of nobody before or since has been able to channel pain 
through their voice as well as he yeah. has. You hear it and on this one. I, I say that this is one like and and maybe you're annoyed and maybe it's 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 kind of sounds like a horrible scream, but um I mean, I listen to a lot of Children of Bodom, and that's all really corny, just all kind of the same stuff too. And you know, a lot of this is guttural metal. But something about this one, the way that he is able to put out that scream, and then you hear at the very tail end of what Kevin played there, that it transitions to a little bit more of a cleaner melodic voice, just at the very end. And it kind of reminds me of the opposite of what you might hear um, from a Sebastian Bach, who would do a scream and then into a completely clean voice at the time in Skid Row or something. Like it was kind of like his own unique take on that kind of style, but just really getting so gritty right. with it. So I, I appreciate that one. And and really this, the doom feeling of this one, um, I, I think holds up well, uh, much better than a lot of the content has so far, or a lot of the songs have so far to this point. It was really weird too. That main kind of, uh, uh kind of bouncing riff almost sounds like a black metal riff from that. that mm-hmm. da, na, na, na. And from what I read, I guess, uh, Kurt was listening to Celtic Frost. Yeah, I mean, yeah, who was kind of one of the time. progenitor. Yeah, so I, I so I'm like, wow, it's got some black metal uh, in there, uh, which fits. Again, you got uh, a song about. Uh, uh, I think Kurt was trying to get at uh, the about parents locking up their children indefinitely. Again, another real cheery topic, uh, uh, whether psychologically or literally. I, that was kind of one thing that I couldn't. Uh, uh, I mean, you, you never really knew, especially at this point. I think a lot there's a lot of ambiguity or just nothing at all. Like I said, just throwing stuff together. But I think this was a little bit more kind of well, kind of thought out. Uh, uh, yeah, kind of like uh, uh, yeah, like uh, Floyd the Barber, another dark kind of yeah, yeah, the darker side of human nature. Uh, and again, executed just as uh, as well. And again, a lot of things going on here. Um, also, there was a little bit, and I don't know if uh, how much Phil and Salmo from Pantera if he was oh, yeah. this record at all. But I, there was there were some certain parts where, like when he when Kurt starts screaming, where it kind of reminded me like when Phil gets up into those higher. Yep. Yeah, can you can, Mark? Uh, can you I play like that. around three twenty? <clears throat> yeah, just so I can point that out. Sure. True, I'm just speculating, but yeah, that's but I so like, Pantera. Wow. Yeah, but I like how I, I would be interested to know uh, if that was, because uh, yeah, and that's yeah. where I, I started paying attention. I'm like, I wonder. And there's a lot of stuff where you kind of associate it like that's the sound of a band, but it's like here you're hearing it a couple years earlier with Nirvana, <laughs> like this, whether okay. it was Alice in Chains or whatever, or, or Pantera or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, and, I, and I'm glad you mentioned Floyd the Barber because this is a song that I actually wasn't aware of. Uh, I mean, we're starting to turn into the uh, side of the record that, well, minus the next song, I I'm, was pretty unfamiliar with tracks six through 11, I'll be honest. But this is one where at first I listened to it and I'm like, ah, I didn't really do it for me. But then I kind of read what the song was about and like something just kind of clicked with it where this is like a big stocks on the rise song for me. Because like you said, Mark, there's something about it like there's just it's so like hard and heavy and the fact that it's like the production is almost not slammed and bricked walled where it almost like lets it breathe in a way i don't it just really captures the emotion of this song right. and it, it like makes you feel uncomfortable and like you said there's almost like this southern like louisiana bayou 
creepy swampy part like the like yeah. you said the Alice in Chains and I just thought of this right now I don't know how familiar you guys you guys are with the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre 70s like, one like the 70s one like the really crappy production like a, like a college made <laughs> film mm-hmm. if you were to put this song over some of those scenes like maybe when they're driving through to the house I, I feel like it just totally fits that vibe. Oh, it's very horror core. It's, it's like very, it's like horror core. And it like so works with this song. Yeah, I, I happen to really like this song. And this is one where I would almost want to see them play it live, where like they're going to play all the hits and all the poppy stuff. And then all of a sudden they're just going to bust this one out. And everybody's going to be like kind of looking around, <laughs> kind of freaked out a little bit. And you can see like the band really do like, play the stuff where they where they came up like from the basement sure yeah and and, and there's some and, and it's cool too like i'm almost starting to appreciate dave more um because you listen to songs that he would have recorded when once he joined the band like aneurysm for example and maybe some stuff off in utero where he really honored chad and, and dale crover's playing like yeah he was probably a more solid drummer technically than than both of those guys but a lot of the moves he would pay homage to them with a lot of like the bell hits and, and the way he would just kind of tune his tom drums and stuff it's like it's it i appreciate that it's like he was probably the the perfect amalgamation of all the drummers into nirvana at that point so i, I like that all right well let's move on from paper cuts onto negative creep starting at one minute and 30 This is the moment where I you know, was talking about as far as the bluntness of Meshuggah, you know, where it's just it's dissonant. It's yeah, I, I will say the re- re- repetition yeah, is a little kind of uh, though, like the main verses, though, and like in the, in the course in the beginning, I, I think is perfect. Uh, it, funny enough, I don't know. He almost for a moment sounds like Lemmy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Mark, can you play the just the opening? Yeah, I could just. Yeah. Just the way he's, yeah, he's got like that growled at Lemmy. Yeah, hold on, just play it to the end. Doesn't that sound like funny? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> God, um, his voice yeah. is so good. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, oh, right there. Yeah, just, yeah. Points. Well, yeah, I don't, like I said, this is, yeah, I don't know. Again, this is just the kind of spitting yeah kind of i mean again this is not like the sex pistols or or the clash at this point yeah this is more this is even more kind of in the sewer i guess if you want to call it that yeah it's uh it's it's not uh uh it's when you walk out of it you gotta you gotta take a shower after you listen to stuff like this like overkill Um, or something 
right yeah um yeah even the even that like uh that, that repeated chorus at the end which is very uncomfortable uh, which again i couldn't for i think that goes back to where kurt was just throwing uncomfortable lyrics just out of nowhere yeah, uh, or, or, or what was it what's the what's the mean it's funny with how much it's repeated i should be able to remember it daddy's uh, little girl just, and a girl, girl no more yeah just yeah there's like just that weird kind of yeah oh it was an yeah. i'm I, a negative I, creep i'm a negative creep yeah, and he yeah. kind of and he kind of said this as a song just about him being uh, just like uh, self-deprecating, like he's just a negative human being, and that's oh, and you, how, and you feel it, I guess. How yeah. Again, I'm not I'm not defending. How, okay, how not, nuevo? Yeah, I'm not I'm not going to get into I'm not going to get another Kevin argument with you. Yeah, as far as yeah, yeah this friend, is this, this is the, this is like the heavier version of school, where school was the faster punk groovy one. This right. is just the full on sludge. Yeah. I, I, I it's just very a, yeah. caveman dumbed down, it, and I think I'm is. starting to like kind like a of caveman rave. <laughs> so they're sure, sure, bashing each other. Sure, yeah. but then you, you like, you, but, yeah. the, but then you like you, it, it, and I almost <laughs> kind of get, <laughs> yeah, I almost kind of like get why this works because I don't know, it just captures like a vibe and an image so well, like with the way they looked and the way the cover looks. And like the way he sounds and his voice, it's just like, yeah, it's nothing impressive from a technical aspect, but it like works more on a, like an emotive a, tip a, and a, like a, a feeling, visceral, like a yeah. visceral feeling where it like gets you to feel a certain way. And there's a lot of records where I'll like listen to stuff and like, yes, I, and, and don't get like Van Halen was my first favorite band. Like I love and rush, like I love bands that can write really smart technical stuff and i envy that and i try to be that as well uh you know in some of my playing but then there's also stuff like this where i could appreciate it where it's like it's drawing something whether it's, it's an uncomfortable feeling or what but it's it's like talk about like it's like capturing <laughs> something on tape like they were kind of masters at doing it somehow yeah, you i don't, could, you I don't could know say, if you it was say, right place right time yeah, you or could, like you the luck or the, what yeah you could say this is the epitome of primal music it's not it's not meant to yeah it's just i I think that i think that uncomfortable feeling that we're all feeling is the uncomfortable feeling of looking over in freshman math class and seeing that one kid's lyrics that he's been writing um all all class and being like oh this guy gonna creep i'm a negative creep like oh okay interesting he thinks he's so kind of guy who draws thinks it's edgy to draw swastikas on the underside of the desk you know he wrote like i hate life on his backpack and right. he's like just makes a whole image i just can't escape that that yeah that feeling. right and kurt it's, was that up until yeah uh he yeah, was but that he's not yeah. 14 anymore is he yeah writing music yeah, well maybe he would maybe he, yeah, maybe he was singing yeah that was his audience yeah it was yeah yeah he's not singing to the uh to the rush fans or the uh yeah he's singing to the no, that's for sure yeah to the <laughs> okay what yeah, to band the, would you uh, consider to the level of emotion from any genre, what would you consider superior? Just curious. What what just pure emotion or, yeah. or, or, or what? Whether it's mu- musical or not, whether it's it's uh, impressive or not, like from a musical standpoint. Um, I don't know. Maybe I know. I keep going back to that. Maybe Peter Gabriel from the earliest records on. I mean, yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of weird. Uh, oh well, yeah, we talk about yeah. it all the time, like warm blankets. And, you know, there's like times where like Pink Floyd's very good at doing it too. Like the way, yeah. 
they craft songs and like vocally vocal hooks like Van Halen too, where it just, there's something where it hits that spot in your brain where it releases. Where everything's kind of, everything's kind like of everything, connected everything to. Everything connects yeah. and it works. And, and, but there's something that they can do more on a, I don't know, like make you feel kind of, un- like you said, it's like the, with the horror rock and there's something there where it just like, Ooh, I almost feel like a little uncomfortable <laughs> right. and spooky, but I'm like, it's like a car crash where it's like, you can't look away. There's like aspects yeah, of it where like I kind of get it, like the way they looked and you look back at it and it's like very dirgy and low budget mm-hmm. and it, it makes you wonder why like some of those yeah. more punk stuff didn't work. But like, I don't know, it's a mystery to me, but like I can't explain it, but mm-hmm. part of me like gets it. It's like I, I kind of it's doing something to me. That's I, I brought that up because I'm also struggling. To and I'm baffled too. To and and I've said this. That yeah. is another artist that put out an album that is as viscerally emotional as this one. Um, you know, and, and I could, from something that we've covered, I could think even, uh, you know, it's not going to win any points, but the final cut from uh, Pink Floyd slash Roger Waters. Yeah, that's an uncomfortable emotive record. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, this again, this is, yeah, this is a, a dark emotive record from like the, like from like the dark rainy areas of Washington. Yeah, this is not, right. yeah, you have to look at geographically too. Yeah, we're not talking about England. We're not talking about, yeah, the, yeah, California, New York or whatever, or, or even Scandinavia, like on the, on the metal. Yeah, this is a very specific area with a very specific group of people. Yeah, that embraced a very specific ideology. Yeah, which again was. You wouldn't was, say kill right. them all. What? Uh, kill them all is the, the kill, early uh, Metallica. Does no, it, it, no. Well, I mean, yeah, it's 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 meat and potato, but I think there was a little bit more virtuosity there. I mean, the riffs are a little bit more. No, kinda, I'm not I'm talking yeah, about yeah. emotion. I I no, just the, the straight uh, anger. Yeah, like, it was it, it was there on injustice. Yeah, I th- I think sure. with Metallica, though, I think I think it was still a, a little too, I guess, well formed yeah, as far. I mean, we're here; it just sounds like yeah. Well, you know what I mean. I get it has to be bad structured. for it to be angry. I, yeah, and, no. and it has, you have to be a simpleton in order to be angry. <laughs> Caveman. Well, that's why. That's, that's why I said yeah, corporations what, bad. I, <laughs> yeah, I'm not. I'm not. And I'm not putting down. I'm just saying. Yeah, we're again, and that's why there are so many different genres of music, especially in the rock community. As far there's different ways of being angry different ways of looking at the world that's what we're i'll doing just now. say it makes we're, total we're, we're, sense we're, we're in a, why in a this new band fit. sounds the yeah. way they do coming from where yeah. I, I was just in yeah. like portland and it's just yeah. overcast and yeah there's a lot of oh, i'm not gonna get it not a lot like of opportunity well, well, I, well, I don't know anymore i'm gonna be in seattle yeah. Yeah. so i'll let you know how that vibe goes no <laughs> but it's like i feel bleach. like i, I hope not. it's like i feel like i get it it's like it's it could be depressing. No offense to anybody that lives there, there, but like, yeah. yeah but well, why are we all? I'm not trying to justify anything. I'm just saying personally. I'm just, just giving I, the context of what we're dealing with, the type yes, of yeah, what exactly. the scene, what the scene. Yeah, but what the I kind think of scene we are totally forgetting something here. Is that we're all focusing on negative emotion? Like, are you telling me 5150 does not like hit the positive emotion vibe? Well, we're not talking about yeah, yeah. Of course, well, not. I, no, think, no. We're I'm, talking about records with emotion. We're talking about records. Mark specifically brought records that bring emotion. Well, and me, happy I, and is heard, just as valid. What are we talking about specifically? Like, yeah, as far as emotional, because yeah, that would run the gamut. I mean, even the records we talked about in our top five, uh, 
the last well, or the last one we did. Yeah, I mean, those are all emotive records. Yeah, as far yeah, as yeah, songs that get, the, that get said, the speakers going. That's why I said Warm Blanket. Yeah. There's bands that. Yeah, I'm talking. I'm talking we, here. This is this is from the most kind of like. Yeah, again, this draws this is, out another emotion. Yeah, yes, I know. Like but dark. Mark, Mark specifically asked the question about was is there another more emotive album? That's all the question oh. is about. Well, not about well, anger, that, that, not that, that's, that, that's an open-ended question. Yeah. You, again, we're, yeah. We're, right. like, what, what are we talking about? We are we talking about warm blankets? Are we talking about <laughs> yeah, feeling no, like cutting or slitting our wrists? What are we talking about? Yeah. Like, what, what kind of emotion are we talking about? Yeah. Any emotion. Uh, yeah, it yeah. doesn't matter. Well, that, we're going well, you, just, we're, <laughs> you just threw a massive net, like one of those, yeah, like the... Like the, the yeah, okay. no, I'm sorry I'm, I brought a good question yeah. to the table. Let me no, go back no, to the caveman speaking. I, I, talk about how school yeah. sucks. I'm not I'm not, no I'm not saying this is the most emotive record at all. That's absolutely not what I'm saying. No, I'm just I'm saying just like saying it, I, I, I'm saying it's just a very yeah, it's it so, does yeah, something it's, and I get it's, it's, it's okay, let's say it's 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 raw. It's it's yeah. like it's in the in, in on the darker yeah, side is. of human nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very, yes. maybe that's what I should have said. It's a very emotionally raw. Okay. Yeah, like 5150 is not emotionally raw. I mean it again it's it's too polished. Yeah, we're not talking. This is again. This and we have to take ourselves. Why? Why is anger raw and happiness polished? I don't know because you have to have to work on yourself <laughs> to feel good. I don't know. Yeah, it doesn't take much. Yeah, to not to feel. Yeah, <laughs> happiest yeah. unpolished like albums. I don't know Simon and Garfunkel or something. <laughs> no. Yeah, but I guess really, if you want to go like the earliest why? part. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that's that's pretty. Hey, I mean, you think about like. Um, you know, we were playing earlier for, uh, you know, Kevin and I are brothers and her dad was over. We were playing like Genesis songs that Phil Collins wrote during uh, his breakup. I mean, that's super emotive and sad, still polished. Yeah. Yeah. A different kind of. Yeah. That's. Yeah. Yeah. This All is right. not. Yeah, it, it's, it's, ble- it's, bleach is not. Bleach is not really reflective. It's just like in the moment. Like, I feel like this. I feel like. Yeah. I'm angry. Yeah. Yes. Like, and that's what it is. My this was parents. The moment. Like, Mark, you were. Such yeah, Mark, you were talking about it. Yeah. I, I, I have to wonder, though, how genuine some of it is. Oh, none I'm just going to put that out oh, there. Just, you know why? Know, I mean, well, you know, know why? We, because if you're yeah. writing lyrics in the car on the way to the studio, don't or like standing in front of the mic, I don't know, like, what are you, some, is somebody pumping you up to be angry or something? Before uh, here's you, the, yeah, and, and, and uh, we're going to sidetrack with this one another. I was reading about early Nirvana, or maybe a little after they broke big, and um, it's just when you look at these things retrospectively and the internet has exposed you to everything um, and you read these interviews from Kurt Cobain, how he was talking about how they were going around in their early days and spray painting on the backs of trucks. God is gay on the back. Like what? Like a 90s thing, like a 90s angsty, like, wow. <laughs> and like, you know, now you look back at the history of music and you're like, you, you're familiar with like mayhem who are eating each other's brains and burning down churches. And like, it's just like, that's really corny, Kurt. Like it doesn't age at all. Like, and it's not their fault or whatever, but it just doesn't come across. It doesn't sell. And like, if it, it just, it, it, just, it doesn't age well, but no, we're, yeah, we're, yeah, we're talking all. about a moment. We're, yeah, we're talking about a moment yeah, in, in time. In, in I mean, moment, a moment, yeah, I, yeah. I guess and it, even, even that, even that, even like with mayhem, the black belt, that was a, a moment yeah, where you didn't really get that. Yeah. You had like that 90 to 94 era, which was really messed up. And then it kind of got more, then it kind of got campy. And what I've always really, said yeah. is that, you know, like this music is per, per, forever preserving moments in time on record. And to this credit, that's one of the reasons I give it a couple of points. Even right. if the song that's what it is. is like I said, you have, to, you have to look at it from her perspective. Yeah, this is I wouldn't say yeah, this is necessarily timeless. It's like I said, it's an artifact of a moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah, probably more I'm gonna than anything. Shut, yeah. I'm going to shut my trap for the rest of the album, and uh, <laughs> we will move on to Scoff. Oh, uh, oh, come on, I want to at... fight some more. You don't got to be a sore loser about it. Let's just keep, keep the healthy discussion <laughs> I'm going. I'm sticking in here. Hey, Alex, you want help installing your pickups or not? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Do it myself. <laughs> okay. There we go. No, no, I just don't want to. I don't. My point is, I don't want to get too sidetracked because some of these. But it's, it's important. But like this is huge with this record, though. We're, we're out of yeah. our we're out of our comfort zone here, which is great. That's what makes for great to great great emotive. There we go. Emotive discussion. Sure, yeah, our our discussion true. is emulating. Yeah, what we're what we're tucky. Yeah, no, it, it would if I said the same thing over and over. Fifty five seconds starting at uh, Scott. buy into i like this one really I, I, mm-hmm. this one i think finally finds the formula i guess i guess in some ways uh paper cuts also did as well um that whole part that you know ha- have you ever dealt with an addict an alcoholic whatever like like that give me back my alcohol give me back like that repeat yeah. that repeat just that oh like it's so it's so true and and i think that mm. that's there's an authenticity there and i also like how each of those lines is a little bit different and a little like a different state right. of panic which each which each of them with i think fits the topic of the song well um the way it kind of has the ups and downs of you know do you have these uh just this this really groovy again that start stop machine start stop machine and you right. know he starts repeating the whole give me back my alcohol and then you have just this almost this very smooth texture the, probably the smoothest on the whole record um with the courses here so or pre-course yeah. whatever you might call them so I think this song really hits the formula. I don't know that anything on this might qualify for a warm blanket, but in terms of just kind of making me feel whole, like there is something right. like it, this song and back. paper cuts yeah. kind of has that. I see why feel to it, you know, where, where yeah. it's a very jagged album where negative creep and no school or no recess just are just, just <laughs> not there. Like, so I, at least we're getting some of it. That's, that's what I'm at least positive about on this, uh, that, that, that this is a good track. I think I would even call this a stocks on the rise. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I like how like especially in the uh, like those really guttural, uh, I said yeah, dirty blunt force uh, verses uh, where it sounds like a kid just kind of in his room, just like looking like uh, like at the camera, just like talking about what he's going through, like living through his dysfunctional family environment. I thought that was kind of a uh, and it's nice when yeah, Kurt actually sits down and kind of focuses in his lyrics a little bit more, where he kind of tells the story. Where instead of just that's like in your bedroom, I'm not older. Uh, yeah, hold on. That's the one from this song. I mean, even that, like, if you're going to repeat no recess, no recess, no recess, that's that's so cheesy. What was the other lyric that Kevin mentioned? That some dork, edgy kid writing on his math notebook 
Um, I forget what that one was, but uh, you know, I'm, a, neg- I'm a, a negative creep. I'm a negative creep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but like this, give me back my alcohol. When you repeat that over and over, it fits the context. It makes sense. You can hear because it sounds because it sounds like yeah, how it would be spoken in re. Yeah, yeah. Like it, you're, it, you're like you're you're, you're describing kind of a real, so- something from reality. Yeah, yeah. the re- yeah. repetition of addiction and that, that right. it, it works with that line in particular. If any other line, I would have hated it. It works here. I think that's that's great. Yeah, this one's interesting because like I, I I was saying. Once you get past Negative Creep, I really don't, didn't know any of these songs. And I'll be honest, none of them really did anything for, for me after this. <laughs> okay. Like, like, we're crossing like, it, each it, other it, on the other way. Going no, other it, way. It, it, it's weird. It, it's, it's like, I don't know. It, it's almost like I'm, it's a shame. I'm like kind of going for songs that I already kind of knew and loved outside maybe Floyd the Barber and Paper Cuts, but like, I feel like if anything, there was more of earworms going on in the, on the first seven tracks, and then like the last four is almost it's like almost very like primitive, like primal, right? Like in a way where it's like at least there's some like more proper structure in like the first seven songs, or at least in these like last four, it's like in terms of the see, album organization, yeah. Yeah, well, it just seems like the first seven songs are the best songs on the record, and the last four, like, they these are, like, the first four songs that they wrote. There's just something about it. It, it just seems more chaotic and less put together on these last four songs to me. And, and, I, and maybe it's more authentic in that way. Like, maybe it fits their vibe a little bit more. But I don't know. There's, like, more of a professionalism, if anything, to the first seven. And as maybe you guys will come to learn they didn't really play these last four songs live later on in the career. I don't think, I mean, at the first Nobody seven songs, Mr. Mustache. Yeah. It's like they, they would have played them like on this tour, but like the first seven songs are the ones that survived kind of in, even into like the in utero days, I think from pretty sure. And it kind of makes sense to me, but I, I'm, I'm interesting that this is the one that did it for you, Mark. But I mean, maybe like, yeah, lyrically, there's definitely more going on in this one versus uh, school and negative creep. But so I know, I like, Kevin just, open his trap on this one and see what he thinks. I thought he was wasn't he done? Wasn't he done? Uh, <laughs> the uh, trap uh, remains make, making a statement. Yeah, closed. trap remains. Trap remains. Yeah. Shot. I got a. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Though, I got another, Mark, I will oh, say yeah. that you made a decent point with this song in particular. That I didn't, I didn't make that connection while listening to it because I had already tuned out to the repeated <laughs> lyrics by this time in the album. But if this were there's stru- there's, if yeah, this were a here. song on a four song EP, I would be like, hey, you know, this has got something. You know, right. I think yeah, you could a make point. a you could make a brilliant four song EP out of this. Album oh yeah, that I would be so down to listen to, and in fact, probably rate it probably like a seven out of ten instead of a three. Yeah, but, I agree completely. You know, uh, all right. Yeah. So anyway, I got, a, uh, I got another oh, you question. Got a question. Okay, nice. Okay, and right, this is a uh, just a short true or false question. Okay, uh, uh, Scoff's uh, main drum uh, line is nearly a direct ripoff of My Sharona. True or false? Oh, oh I couldn't. Yeah, yeah. What? Why that was Alex. Bother? Uh, yes, it's true. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, that was. I didn't. Re- I, I thought that was just somebody making an observation, but I guess that that was a conscious thing. Where I guess Kurt had the the knack, like in his record collection. I guess. Yeah, and that was. Uh, a thing oh, that I didn't. I, I I didn't know that it was like he was purposely trying to rip it off. 
Suppose, yeah, like there was a thing where I think where he, t- where the, I don't know if he was asked about it or if somebody or in discussion where somebody said, yeah, that that was something that was kind of around, yeah, where it kind of came into the, yeah. All right, poll discussion. Which one you choose? My Sharona or Scoff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pass on that one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are going to start SWAT meet, though, right, right so- from the top. Say the thing. You know Nobody what? Nobody wants to. I'll, 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 don't no, I, I don't I, have yeah. much to say. On I'll, I'll open my trap on Swap Meet. I'll say that I'm sick of them not writing a whole song. They'll write a verse, one verse, one chorus, copy paste three times. Done deal. Swap yeah. Meet. <laughs> all right. Um, all right. I guess I'll fill. I, I did. I did have. I did have a little bit more written about this. Yeah, I said this is probably the most traditional of the grunge sound of that particular time you could see like this is like at the club everybody's kind of casually kind of dancing to Mm -hmm. it yeah uh not very different from probably what a lot of other bands were doing uh but yeah just kind of the most identifiable kind of format of that sound uh especially with uh how kurt sings yeah that's another part as far as what would become like kind of like the grunge cadence of singing like the I, singing I was style. i was just gonna say i yeah. can't put my finger on what it is but there's a song later on in the career that's much more popular than this one and yeah he, he's got the same exact cadence like you hear yeah. it first here and i can't oh, yeah. think of what song it is damn it right. i'm gonna come back to I, it I, lo- I love i love here yeah Kurt kind of getting and trying to write i guess if you want to call it a pop song this i guess has to do with uh, uh i don't know if it was or how much of it was true as far as that he i guess he spent a lot of time at like uh like uh like flea markets and stuff like that and kind of meeting up with people or whatever uh and connecting that to uh how people find their romantic partner it was really weird i don't know he was trying to make all these connections i think there was something that said that this is kind of how he met his girlfriend i think as far as that like one of these little arts and craft shows uh uh yeah i guess it was more of kind of a sweeter kind of thing okay he's just trying he's he's dumping the negative creep stuff a little bit here and he's getting here he's going more for a uh, okay just going out for a nice like afternoon and just kind of meeting yeah just uh, kind of connecting with people uh there is a weird little uh uh at 156 mark like this weird like dissonant solo yep, i don't know i i notated yeah. that um did you okay Kevin yeah it was kind of song but i did notate it that the solo at two minutes was much better <laughs> he's already <Yeah>. moved on <laughs> I, I'll just read it to you. <laughs> My solo much better, still very amateur, but at least fits the attitude of the band. So just imagine that. Whatever that is, picture <laughs> it in your you, head. For all you uh, um, who aren't listening on the live stream anymore, just go off Mark's description. I play the Guitar Hero version of that solo. Uh, um, I guess it's time 
move on to the mustache, uh, Mr. Mustache, that is. And we're going to be starting this one at 2 minutes and 22 seconds. song has a bit of a circular feeling that I think uh, almost like a merry-go-round you know so like some kind of wild ride I don't know what the song is about can't say I care but musically it does have that uh, at least it, it, it evokes that in, in uh, response to me and and for all of this band and their notoriously terrible whether intentional or not musicianship um, they really do that slow down quite well Oh yeah, it's that did 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 it just just sounds like uh you know, like this one last turn of the whale and they just can't get any slower it gets a little bit slower and then it finally comes to a stop so credit to that not really any kind of incredible hidden gem in the back here but uh, at least it's got it's, some things going for it some of the lyrics kind of made me laugh a little bit yeah the uh and i love the flow not that they're not kind of stupid in a lot of but i just love the flow of like the nonsense yeah, where you've got uh you're like, take my hand and give it cleaning as I eat cow. I am not proud. Oh, I, <laughs> I don't know. That. That's yeah, and, and then and then the and then the, the classic uh, easy in an easy chair poop as hard as a rock. I don't like you anyhow. Seal it in a box. Damn you! <laughs> I don't know. That's, uh, talk about a talk about that. a uh, and, and talk about a uh, like a, uh, a, a such a I feel like a teenage kind of angst kind of. Yeah, I mean, nothing that I would ever write in a million years write anything like that. It just kind of was. It's kind of like, it like, like the goth kids from South Park, <laughs> and, and their poetry, <laughs> right? Yeah, I uh, don't, but yeah, I, I don't have a whole lot to say about Mister Mustache, uh, unfortunately. But uh, I will say, uh, again, this is the song that really reminds me of Black Flag, especially like Gregan guitar playing. Which, uh, they were uh, Southern California, like one of the first Southern California hardcore bands that were really kind of typical, fast punk stuff, but eventually they started getting a little bit more jazzy and kind of proggy in their playing, which kind of, in a way, made them stand out from a lot of other bands from that era. And, and I'll just put a little something in the chat. You may hate this. I'm, I won't necessarily say that I'm a big fan of it, but this is uh, an intro little bit. Can I, can I, how would I do this? I could just put this in the sink tube.
that's just a little bit. I, I heard that. I'm like, where have I heard that riff? That like kind of chromatic, awkward riff before. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's like that intro Black Flag song. So don't don't judge for anybody who's don't judge Black Flag off that song. Go listen to the other stuff, please. <laughs> I know that's kind of weird, but yeah, that's when they started getting kind of like. SST like Celtic Frost kind of sludgy. So you anyway. know, it's fun. there was it was funny. One last thing before we move on, there was one funny little kind of uh, little uh, bullet point that I or fact that I came across. I guess uh, as far as just the title, Mister Mustache. I guess in the Seattle punk scene, I guess mustaches were looked down upon, and like anybody who either had them, or especially if they were in a band, I guess it was almost like you were like asking for it to be to be like ostracized from the. It was weird. I don't know what the. It's, it's just yeah. Just I don't know if that was just that uh, pretentious kind of like oh, a clicky kind of yeah. We're like oh, if you're not a certain way, but uh, but I thought that was such a stupid detail where you had to be pissed at somebody <laughs> because I guess I guess one of uh, one of the drummers I guess during that era that Kurt had in the band uh, I guess had like a really like it's like a real like he one was, and I guess he got was to, removed from the band because he had a mustache. Yeah, did you see that? Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. but I'm just oh, guessing you, that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I guess where they got like, like after the show where they were, they were like a pro, like confronted about it, like that this guy, like yeah, being like T, like, like what sir, are you, yeah. sir, you either shave yeah. it off or you're out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was kind of a funny uh, little good old effect, M slash Q. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. Really. Let's close this thing out um, with sifteen, and we're gonna be starting at one minute exactly. as far as just randomly just messing around with lyrics i mean i don't off the cuff i doubt i could just throw stuff like this together at the last second and maybe that's just me i like a little bit of context but yeah just reading yeah yeah wouldn't it be fun what your bed wouldn't it be fun sun felt numb wouldn't it be fun your eyes teachers said yeah it's like okay yeah i yeah i didn't yeah, i was more kind of more in kevin camp where i just didn't feel like taking into the, <laughs> the um story. i did like kind of yeah, I did like the as far as the music. I did like kind of the more thrashy elements. Uh, oh, yeah. I think this. I, I think I think that would have worked better in a thrash song versus here. They kind of pull it back for more of that. Yeah, kind of punk feel to it. Uh, but uh, yeah, maybe adding a little bit more kind of lows and mids. But yeah, this. Uh, but that's just uh, we're, we're you talking know, about early Nirvana here, though. So what you gotta that, be a little what yeah. that guitar riff sounds like to me. It's like a mixture of the thing that should not be in Leper Messiah off master yeah, of you're puppets right, like dun, 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 yeah, there's like, like the, yeah, the yeah, way yeah. he plays like if you were to play like a three-fingered power chord i think he's only just playing the yeah the what is it the third and the fifth out of it just like the two notes he's playing like a lot of that 
Yeah. And it's like, oh, that's kind of interesting. I didn't really hear yeah. him do that yet on this record, and it's kind right. of interesting. I just, wish it, I, I, just, I just wish it would have been a little fatter sounding. I think that was sure. my only. But but again, we're talking about the early Nirvana. Yeah, Mark, I was, yeah, I know yeah, you I, walked away I've for a minute. Hang on, I've got a uh, example that might be relevant to what you were talking about. Uh, um, a Metallica song that was uh, a couple of years later. For some reason, the chorus of this strongly reminded me. Uh, this is plain. Uh, it's got to skip video. Uh, Metallica, Attitude. Ooh, this song. <laughs> wow. I forgot about what a song. Yeah. Yeah, it kind of reminds me. Like, it's... <laughs> I guess it's one of those you moments where we start playing the real music. Why are we listening to this? You put sifting and then you put that on and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. I, know, I, that, know that, what, I know what I'm listening to after the show. But that, but that was my problem. I mean, this is probably the, one of the thrashier songs they've done, but it doesn't have, I, mean, I just wish it had that muscle. That There's your muscle, like Chris. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It, it's, uh, it's on late era Metallica is where yeah. it is. <laughs> No, to right. be fair, I, I will, you're not going to get that salad. Six hundred bucks. You need right. Metallica I, I money. I will say, I will say, there was a moment as far as kind of the strong kind of presence behind the vocals at one thirty. I did like how kind of, at least in the context of the song, how Kurt pushed uh, the vocals. If you can play that, uh, we've moved on already. I also don't. We, have we much can, to we say can play one sifting. minute thirty six seconds from uh, Attitude, but I don't know. <laughs> The rest of the show is just playing attitude. (laughs) Here it is. No rap up, nothing. All right. All right. All right. right. Chris had a point. He took he took the time to signal something out. Sifting. Copy link. Paste. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Here it is. What's he got? What's he got for us? It's a sync video thing. There we go. Yeah, if we had the whole playlist, we could just go back to it. Skip video. What do you got, Chris? You got one one thirty. Yeah, that yeah. is a good riff. Like this yeah. one's growing on me now that you're playing it again. It's like okay, okay. it just nowhere. Uh, anyway. yeah. I mean, again, wouldn't, attitude. I would pick it over. I wouldn't pick it over. <laughs> attitude, but and attitude is like the, the 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 deep deep cut of the record that nobody likes. That's <laughs> true. Yeah. Oh, what's that saying? Yeah. Oh no! <laughs> just wiping the floor of the back end of a Nirvana album. Oh, uh, right, okay. it, we, we covered everybody's been waiting for. Yeah. So I think we've it's, covered yeah. it all. We're not doing yeah, the last I, two. Unfortunately, they the original release, unless anybody wants to say something about them. No, I didn't. A big cheese no, and downer. Signs? No, yeah, yeah. For the folks listening at home, we're listen- We are judging off of the OG original. LP yeah. eleven track version. So that's why we're only doing the eleven songs. Sorry, that's for what the- we try to do. So yeah, those of you who won in 13. Thank, thank, thank God for Kevin. Yeah, yeah, we don't, we're not digging in any. Uh, nah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah, the trap shut for the last four. He's going to do it for the last six, too. So, yeah. Uh, Alex wins the extra Love It or Flush It based on the tra- the uh, trivia Chris threw out during the uh, uh, track by track. So, so does that mean um, now I, I have three? Should we do it? Should we do two? Two buys, I, two terminates? I, I had, t- I had that, that plan. Three. 
I had two and two ready to go. All right. I guess we should do it because it's only three. We're only covering three here. So usually what <laughs> we do for those of you who are not familiar. I'll just say, I'll just, say I, I just I just had a last minute uh, like to terminate. Oh, oh okay. <laughs> happened. Oh, so, you're, ha- so you're doing two happened. likes to terminate. Happened yeah. in the last or, couple minutes here. Or, I won't say what it was, but it just happened. <laughs> okay. Okay. So we'll two likes You can tell you. us when it happens. For those right. of you who are new to this show, what we do here is we go through the tracks, and based on everyone's opinion, we are now going to go through officially and love, flush, buy, or terminate each of these songs. Uh, what that means is love it, self-explanatory, flush it, it goes down the toilet, uh, terminate means it should have never existed. It does nothing for the band's uh, discography, and we don't want to ever hear it again. And buy means it is a culturally significant output from the band that you would include either on a special Spotify playlist that is better than the best of, or something like what I, I like to look at it as a scene from a uh, a scene in a film. If I am uh, uh, writing a screenplay about the band, this song belongs in the story. So that's how I look at it. Look at it how's you like but that's how we're gonna do it love flush buy or terminate alex take it away yeah and, and disclaimer for any uh diehard bleach fans out there that thinks it's a perfect 10 out of 10 and you can't get rid of any song we're playing devil's advocate here you gotta, get rid of two. You, you gotta you gotta you gotta basically say if i had to get rid of something gotta play the game that's why we're doing this there's some records where i don't want to get rid of anything and i still gotta do it this one I would probably get rid of a few. So let's start it off. And now, uh, love it or flush it. Track one, blue. Kev, what are we giving it? Uh, <laughs> God, I don't Tur- Turbo flush. It's the I guitar I solo. I <laughs> oh, the guitar <laughs> solo. There we go. <laughs> wow. Uh, two words. Goodbye. I didn't remember it until you said guitar solo. <laughs> I'm going to give this one a love. Uh, yes, the guitar solo is not the best thing in the world, but it was a live staple all the way, I think, to the end, and I appreciate it for that for that aspect. Mark? I'm going to give this one the absolute lightest of all pokes. It, I, I would have I been okay with it had it not been for that guitar solo. I have to be fair. It's just a guitar solo, and this band is a band that is most definitely not about the guitar solo. So I have to be fair and just give it a poke. Or, okay. uh, or away from across the quad. Okay, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I think I'll give it a, uh, a light squeeze. Um, I didn't hate the solo as much, but I, I can see where Mark's coming from. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, it's just... Or as a song, yeah, I mean, I, I enjoyed it. All right, bring it on over to track two, Floyd the Barber. Kev, what are we giving it? Floyd's getting the flush. <laughs> All right, I'm going to give this one the lightest of squeezes. Uh, I, I, I still enjoy it, but uh, yeah, maybe now... Possibly my least favorite on uh, side one, but good enough to stick around. So, Mark, what do you think? Not me. Pack it in, Floyd. Flush. 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 This one's, I, I know where this is going. The lyrics for Chris. Chris enjoys the lyrics on this one, the idea. I did, well, I, well, I admit, did bring it up for me from like a total hate. Yeah, I uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'll give it a love. Yeah, I just yeah, it's got this very weird kind of twisted uh, kind of yeah, 
yeah, just from a just how weird the record is. Yeah, I thought it was kind of a yeah an interesting uh, take on I guess the darkest of humor. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, and now bring it over to about a girl. Uh, Kev. I hate to be predictable, but I have two buys, so I got to use it here. But I do like this song overall. Yeah, this one's tough because, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't want to be predictable, and I feel like there's going to be better versions of this to come. But it's a good song. It, oh, sure it is. Oh, yeah. absolutely a good song. And I, I now that I'm looking at it, my other buys are my favorite songs on the record, but they're not super diverse from each other. Oh, you know, you know what? I'm just going to stick with what I have. I'm going to give it a very strong love. Mark. Okay. Um, this is the one that I don't personally like, but is the moment where I give them credit for defining the sound at least two, three years before it ever became an idea from any of the other bands that were far bigger than they were in 1989. So for that, I have to give it a love simply on uh, innovation, I suppose. And Chris. Yeah, kind of in the same boat with Mark. Yeah, I, uh, but I, I think I like it a little bit more. I mean, it's a classic. Like the opening guitar part just makes you think of that. Uh, uh, it's probably the one song off the record that you kind of hear. Like I think even most casual fans know about a girl. Uh, and yeah, it's, yeah you, you, you know it immediately. Yeah, you can't deny it. Yeah, All right. sure. All right, let's move it on over to No Recess, track four School, <laughs> Kev. He's already giggling. <laughs> he's got two terminates, Boom. and he's ready to go. <laughs> you loaded me up. You remember that Calvin and Hobbes were oh, in doodles the tank? Oh, I was going to use that example. <laughs> I was going to use that. Or he nukes his own school. Or the <laughs> wait, so what, wait, do we get two terminates and two buys, or yes. just one terminate? Two terminates and oh, two, two buys. We get two. I've been planning oh, wow. on two. Yeah, he's, he's okay. savoring his right. two. All right, good thing I... Uh, all right, well, this is where the guy goes and finds all the pieces and glues them back together because I'm buying this one, baby. What? Nice. Probably my favorite yeah, song. The Mutant Mud Men. All right, here we go. Well, From, he's rebuilt yeah, the school. <laughs> it's like a little Iraqi school built with U.S. tax money, and it's going to get blown up again by the CIA. I, 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 Goodbye. <laughs> Right, so I, I, so I guess I'm, I'm guessing we left with. What's Chris doing? Is he rebuilding with, the uh, school in a ragged? From, from Adams, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm melting it down, and I'm re, uh, I'm re, uh, kind of re, um, kind of molding it back together. You're I'm buying not buying it? it. I no, I, I do, I, I do like it though. I like the mu- music of it. Uh, so I'll, yeah, I'll give it a love. Okay. All right, bring it on over to the the cover for single love buzz, Kev. You know, I kind of like when bands make covers their own. So, and this fits on the album without a doubt. I, I'm gonna keep this one. Give this one a love for me. All right, uh, I'm gonna give this one a love as well, Mark. Nah, just too forgettable. Um, the only thing I kind of remember is that the riff sounds like AC/DC a bit, and that's not really enough for me. What? So, get a flush. It's a pretty, pretty memorable baseline. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, considering uh, this song made it onto my uh, like my kind of my long uh, uh, Apple Music playlist, uh, oh boy, outside what? of actually uh, over uh, even discussing the discography even before that, uh, I gotta give this uh, my first buy. Ah. Yeah, I just well, I just I just love that because uh, it doesn't sound like anything else on the record. Buying yeah. a cover has that happened before? Maybe Diver Down, somebody. 
Mm, I'm sure I feel like we would have had to. And dive or down. Yeah. 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 Like just like with what Kevin said, it, they just kind of make it their own, and it just yeah, it's yeah, yeah. Again, to get a, uh, tapping into my melodic sensibilities. Yeah, this is probably the most uh, melodic and interesting um, kind of formatted song. Sure. All right, yeah. let's bring it on over to track six, end of side one. If you got the original vinyl, uh, paper cuts, Kev. Uh yeah, everybody tried really hard uh on this song, but it gets the flush. <laughs> did it at least come back from a T? It did, I will tell you that much. It was primed for a T. I put that thing on like, you know, I pulled out the driver for this song originally. <laughs> so <laughs> the Callaway. The Callaway one wood was out. <laughs> so now not to be used to hit. Now I simply bent the club and put it back in into the uh, into the the club bag or whatever. Yeah. So it gets the flush. Okay, uh, you know this one is a big stocks on the rise for me, and I was tempted to buy it just because it's so weird, and I feel like it almost kind of represents. Like I feel like they don't really ever do this again. But, uh, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to go that far, actually, with it. So I'll give it a love. Mark? I'm giving this a pretty strong love with the hesitation that I might go back, listen to this, and regret it. So I don't know if it's just maybe a in-the-moment type of love, but uh, I'll have to just uh, agree with Alex, I suppose. And Chris? Yeah, I was kind of uh, on the fence about this, whether to give it a love or to whip out the... uh uh, the American Express. I, I think I'm gonna buy this one. I just like that there's a lot of weird kind of musical ideas coming on, uh, going on here uh, that are actually done executed very well. Uh, even uh, and even more surprising that they uh, sounds that you associate more with other bands as being their kind of definitive sound. Where here you're hearing them before that, <laughs> so it's kind of this weird like alternate dimension kind of yeah yeah whatever you want to call it. And uh, but still sounds really cool. Yeah. All right. Flip the record over. Track seven or side or track one of side B, negative creep, Gav. Oh, wow. I thought that was getting a flush. Interesting. All right, let's do round two, baby. We're buying this one as well. Oh, wow. Nice. Uh, I think yeah, I, I thought uh, about it, but uh, yeah. <laughs> I, I think uh, it in a way covers me not buying paper cuts because it's got the heavy sludginess. Um but it's maybe a little more up-tempo, and not that I should use this as a uh, reason, but I was looking at the Wikipedia page on this song specifically, and I feel like it really does make sense. Uh, it says here, Negative Creep has been described as one of the sub-poppiest songs the band ever recorded and a textbook <laughs> example of Seattle's true grunge sound, and, and I will agree with that, and I think it represents uh, a time and place, and uh, I've been really digging it, the song more especially lately, but uh, has always been a favorite. So ring it up, Mark. If I could flush this one from ever appearing uh, in my brain again, that would be fine with me. Not going to go as far as Kevin, but I flushed this one. Hey, Chris. Yeah, it's, uh, I'll give it a love. Yeah, it's got that guttural that I, I mean, typically if I want that, I'll go to Meshuggah, which is just really kind of pulverizes you. But uh, here, I like that the, the 
that sound was being kind of experimented with as early as 89. Yeah, so, yeah, I can't totally kill it off. Got to love the chart so far. Not a single flush or terminate from Chris or Alex, but Kevin and Mark's <laughs> chart peppered, peppered with flushes and terminates. Not a peppered. single F or T. Oh, Come on, that yeah. ranks we'll with get, some we'll of the best there. debuts we'll up there. there. Uh, All right, let's bring it on over to Scoff. Uh, Kevin, <laughs> track eight. <laughs> you know what? I ain't going to have fun by using my buy. Mark convinced me enough, and honestly, I didn't know what else to use it on. <laughs> but you know what? Mark made a good boy, so here it is. <laughs> I, I I don't think I, I don't think Kevin and I have been on these this op- opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah, yeah, we're flushing this one. <laughs> what? Well, this was my first buy. Ring it up. Oh, uh, it finally meets the threshold that I like to see for artistry with this one. Maybe Across I'm the, the poser board. here. I, I, I'm picking all the popular songs that they ended up playing live, and the Maybe. Nirvana newbies are picking all the deep cuts. Maybe. <laughs> this, this one's, I Maybe. Mean, if you had to capture a moment in time with this one, I feel like that, that you know, where we talked early Metallica and they, people say that they were better when they were drunk, hungry, living out of their cars and angry at the world. And there's more authenticity with this one than there is in the first I seven agree. songs combined. I, so I, for I, that, I feel like I this agree. has to open your movie, this song right here. Yeah, And, I and actually, that's one of the things I, I was thinking about too, Mark, is that like if I had a playlist with just about a girl, I'm like, yeah, it doesn't really speak to the, this record. No, though. so it's I was looking hit, through. Kinda. Yeah, I was looking through. I'm like, well, what song do I like that speaks to this record? And my first uh, thought was none of them. But then I was like, you know, well, there's scoff. So that's the one I'm gonna do. Even, even uh, just the name of it is just kind of ugly. It just well, yeah. I mean, again, it's a, it's an ugly title for an ugly. Yeah, time. I mean, you yeah. look at the. T- you, I mean, yeah, Mark got into it. As far as yeah, the yeah, it's about a kid trying to survive his dysfunctional family. Yeah, and addiction Super and all that stuff. Corny, so it's got to be. But at least with the at least it gets darker with the addiction side of it. That makes me think less of angsty school kid drawing swastikas in his notebook, and more of like to, to, guy dealing with a serious alcohol serious problem. problem right. Yeah. Uh, mm. And that's what that's what I kind of I liked. It. There was more form to this song. It felt like he really there was there was and structure. I guess is a better word um, compared to just like her just throwing lyrics at the yeah yeah just writing them quickly in his notebook as they're driving to the studio. But mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I uh, I liked kind of the real world uh, vibe of this song. So I'm gonna give it a love. Nice. Okay. Well, yeah, and this might be one where I go back and I listen to these last four songs and be like, you know, these are pretty good. Maybe yeah. not the last four. Uh, maybe, well, just, maybe just scoff. Maybe. <laughs> maybe just scoff. Yeah, you're right. Track nine, swap meat cat. What are we giving it? What do you think? The <laughs> Oh, boy. Sorry to flush your relationship there, Kurt, but uh, there it goes. Guy's not known for good ones anyway. <laughs> yeah, we're terminating that sure. relationship. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Ah, uh, sorry. Flush for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I think this is where uh, a lot of us will be are going to be on the same page. Uh, yeah, I'm going to terminate this one because uh, I mean, I don't, 
his second attempt at writing kind of a more poppy kind of lovey-dovey song and here it just feels generic and unmemorable uh compared to like about a girl which has that immediate kind of mm-hmm. yeah, very simple kind of uh but yeah the swap me just sounds like a just normal kind of like seattle grunge song where it just doesn't you you're kind of sitting there at the bar and you you hear it but you don't really kind of you're just in conversation about something else yeah so sadly yeah. I know he probably, ear, yeah. out the other i don't the other, really yeah, remember much. what it sounds like all right track 10 mr yeah. mustache <laughs> yeah you you expect Kev. this you expect this song title to be like a freddie mercury b-side or something it gets the flush <laughs> Well, I hate to be like this, but uh, <laughs> as most of the Mr. Mustache guys back then, they got terminated, and so yeah. is this one. <laughs> I will admit that that story about that, that you have to shave your mustache if you want to be in a grunge band, well, wasn't that way like a, like better than the entire like, song, which I don't, I'll remember right, that for a while. I will never remember this song. I like song, the so Black Flag it. influence, but I, I'll go to them if yeah, I want to It wasn't necessarily that, but if you had a mustache in the sea, you were pretty much kind of looked down upon and kind of like uh, almost ostracized, but it's, yeah. yeah. It's just so funny how, how <laughs> yeah, groups yeah, right. like that that are so contrarian they end up kind of being a mirror image of what they oppose. Right. How, yeah. Image as, as grandiose yeah. as Guns N' Roses were at the time and how uh, Nirvana and Kurt wanted to be everything that wasn't that, it was just basically a grandiose, grandiosity turned inward rather than outward right. as the hair metal scene or Guns N' Roses exemplified. So, uh, yeah, flush this one if I, if you didn't hear me. <laughs> um... As much as I like the energy in like the last thirty seconds, uh, and there's not enough, yeah, here where I really even went back to it. Uh, this will be my second terminate, yeah. yeah. Mr. Mustache just getting blown out of the band. Just, just, just stray mustache hairs all over the sidewalk. <laughs> that explosion of mustache hair. It's like a spinal tap where all that's left on the drum seat is the mustache. Yeah, right. Yeah. God. <laughs> Bring a suitcase, pack your other mustache. I don't, I don't know why. I just had this funny image of just a mannequin with a mustache just being blown up with like it was C, uh, yeah, with like C4 on a sidewalk. Oh, boy. <laughs> I sure hope that's All not right. any that's not someone's favorite Nirvana song. Uh, track eleven, <laughs> sifting, bad. Kev. You know, I I will have to say about this one. I was ready to keep this one around until everybody started pulling out the Metallica references, <laughs> and then I realized I just like those songs so much better. So this gets the flush. Yeah, I, I'm. I'm kind of in a way, <laughs> in a similar camp because the only note I wrote about this, I didn't even decide what I was going to give it. I just said, kind of sounds like Leper Messiah, kind of, and I'm like, well, I'll decide when I get on the show. And then I listen to it during the show, and I'm like, you know, I'm kind of liking this. Maybe I'll keep it around. And then now yeah. I think I'm going to get rid of it. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, I like the riff, but I don't know it's if it's, like, enough. It's kind of like the Mr. Mustache. Like, the riff is cool, but is it enough to save it? I don't know. And it sticks with my 6 out of 10. So uh, maybe I'll come back to it every now and then, but probably not. Just flush it. And so 
And if I look at this as a seven-song album from Blue to Negative Creep, that's that's pretty heavy hitting for me. That works. So I'll stick with that. I might look at it more of a four-song album, personally, but uh, seven, if you can get that far with it, that's kind of a stretch in my opinion. But you know what? A show of opinions. I did my math wrong. Um, I'm going to go back, retroactively terminate Mr. Mustache, uh, as if he needed any more hate. All those mustache hairs, just terminate that, whatever's left. Um, This one is a bit of a surprise uh, in my ring it up for a buy. Um, Possibly not so much that I actively like the song and will go back to it, but it's one of those songs that, again, you know, I'm just a sucker for interesting uh you know something that's a little bit there as an artist and this song has a bit of an interesting structure to it um it's got at least parts that um you know it's got contrast to it, a little bit of contrast and uh i don't know i'm probably reaching here i don't know what else i would buy anyway uh, even though i like paper cuts better i just think feel like having your my movie open with two of the same scene back to back would not be appropriate so this is a more appropriate reference to where they are at their era probably closing out the end of this era and when they would be uh a you know, going next with Nevermind. So I guess I buy it. I'm confused. I don't know what to do with my money, so I'll buy this one. All right. Um, I was going to love this one, but I know I haven't used a flush. Um, so <laughs> I guess... I so I guess flush something. It's confusing yeah, be, with these double T's and B's. Yeah, yeah. yeah because I, I initially liked it because of the more thrashy elements and Kurt's vocal, uh, but uh, I... And I know this, again, I know we're talking about the specific scene, but I just wish there was more, like like... Like a punch to the sound. Also, I just so, realized yeah. longest longest song on the album, five minutes and twenty two seconds. Not sure if that helps your case at all, Chris. Whoa. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm like I said, I'm not. I gotta I gotta flush it. I am flushing it. Yeah. That's oh. the uh, again. I was gonna, but I realized I had a, and so I had to formulate yeah my reason around a flush. Yeah. Because I did. I had a problem with it. It's it, it comes off more of a thrash song, and thrash songs uh, require. More kind of, yeah, more like lows and mid-range. Yeah, we're just kind of crunches and really kind of, pu- yeah, punches in the lows. You know what yeah. we did? We just did now? We just wasted two and a half hours because we all had our opinions going into the record. We all had all this discussion and we convinced nobody. We walked in with a three, four, six, and 7.5 respectively. And so far, our Nirvana love, Kevin, 27%, Alex, 64%, Chris, 73%, Mark, 45%, all bang on to the out of tens that we did in the first so place. I, so, so I win. No. We, did, we yeah. spent uh, two and a half hours convincing nobody, probably not you, the listener at home, uh, that this record is either, is either great or terrible or uh, who knows what. But I I will say that I am glad that we had the journey of exploring this record because you definitely Mm -hmm. would have ignored it um, if you would have jumped just to Nevermind. You probably would have been turned off by it if you weren't really into Nevermind beyond just the hits. So like, it's a necessary step. I'm glad we take it. I'm glad that I kind of experienced that because I think that the band would just be far too shallow had you not had a good grasp of where they came from and their initial roots. Yeah, and, and I'll say, if anything, I got paper cuts out of listening to this this week, because that is a song that I yeah. didn't uh, really know about before, and I, I'm not going to say it's a favorite on the album, but it's one of those ones where you're like, oh yeah, there's something here that I would probably go back to, so it's a, it's a stock's on the horizon nonetheless. Sure. 
All right. If we've got no other thoughts, uh, that will close out Bleach. We will see you next week. Actually, see you because we're on Twitch now. Hopefully, everything worked out with the stream and I was able to clear up my audio issues in real time with no feedback uh, other than people commenting on this. So thanks for your comments. Uh, Lights great. Like, subscribe, rate, and review. Uh, We will definitely try to get to your emails on air Uh, next time. Sorry if we didn't read it this time because we just had so much to talk about with Nirvana and the longer episode, I think it's okay because we're only doing three of these for Nirvana. So the more we can get, uh, you know, as far as content for this band, I think the better we will be served. So I hope you had fun and we will see you next week. This is Mark from Light the Sky signing off.